Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hey! Bam, 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 bam. Hey fam, welcome to Hey Fam, a podcast about two best mates and their love of the finest things in life. We're talking about video games, mate. We're talking about video games. We're talking about movies. We're talking about comics. We're not talking about those other things. We're talking about tonight. TV, but today we are doing another in our best of 2015 because I don't think anyone's ever rounded up the year um, in, a, in, a, in a form of podcast or article or, you know, I think it's, you know, it's pretty brave of us to yeah, do this. I know. No one, no one ever has the goal, all the balls, all the goals. No, no one to, has either. Uh, to just sum up what they loved about the year. Yeah. So far we've done movies, we've done TV, and now we're doing games. We're doing, we're doing video games, and we've invited a very dear friend of ours. Um, but before we introduce him, we have oh, to introduce no. <laughs> ourselves. Oh, yeah. No, that's right. My name's Andrew Levins. My name's Angus Truscott. Angus, a little update. How many times have you seen Star Wars The Force Awakens in the last five days? Five days. Well, look, I've seen it four times. Uh, three times after our very emotional four in the morning record uh, reaction. I, dare I say the first reaction podcast on the internet? <laughs> I think we were the first. Uh, not the best. We're not <laughs> saying it's the best by any means. Not the best because I've listened to some really good ones, but it is the first. And um, you know what? They, they always say that you always remember the first. <laughs> it's, uh, <laughs> anything else is just first last as far as I'm concerned. Steel Saunders, uh, who hosted the great, who hosts the great. The great the Steel end. Wars. He's, he's done the last episode now. He's <laughs> never going to do any more. Um, Steel Wars, uh, he said that he really liked our episode, although I'm a pussy for make saying that I wanted to go to sleep. <laughs> Did he say that? Yeah. That's amazing. Have you listened to his? It's actually really oh, great. Oh, it's an incredible yeah. episode. Ben Gillies from Silverchair is on it as a guest. And his crackpot wife. Yeah, she's so psychic. <laughs> Ever wondered what she thinks of Star Wars movies? Me neither. But I'm happy that I know now. Thanks, uh, Steel Saunders. Yeah, I wish we could have satellite... Like, he had um, Tom Ballard on that episode and Tom mm. was texting me before he was going on stage while we were recording and I was trying to get us on there just by like proxy. I was being like, we need a Hey Fam appearance. It didn't work out. Damn. Um, Try harder next time. Tom, Tom just Ballard. made Nazi jokes because that's all he's good at. <laughs> it's really hard because our guest right now has not seen Star Wars. So I'm trying to talk we about Star Wars. We can't spoil anything, but that's good. We spoiled yeah. the hell out of it the other night. That's him there. That's a way to that's make him. an entrance. I don't know, I don't know if you've ever heard Thomas McMullen, a.k.a. Shag, drop his phone before. But for those that have in the past, you know who it is. Uh, it's you a might- classic Shag phone drop. It's just like, it's as memorable as... Uh, uh, like Alf eating cats. Tim Allen saying, oh. <laughs> I swear uh, if we could go back in time and rename our podcast, I would go, oh. Like, how would you spell that? <laughs> um, I don't know, like A-U-R-O-O-U. Something like that. <laughs> bum, 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 It'd be hard bum, to Google. Bum, bum, bum. Dun, 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 dun. Shaggy, shaggy. Yeah. 
What's going on, dudes? <laughs> I was hoping you would do the... Oh, right. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah. No, my bad. <laughs> That's it. Uh, so you might know Shag from uh, hosting... Uh, one of the longest running yeah. hosts on FBI. If not Marvos. the longest or second longest. I think I'm up there. I'm in the top five. That's fantastic. He's, we got him. <laughs> we got him, guys. From one community to another. Um, you may have seen him host uh, Simpsons Trivia at Good God. Over the last few years You might have even You probably wouldn't have seen him Because it's so heaving You'd probably just hear his voice Trailing throughout Good God You probably booed him When he said Are we focusing on Lots of new episodes <laughs> You might have worked With me at my day job Which I've been at For like eight years That's also the Very day possibly job. If there's you know That's potentially Some people in Sydney There oh, you go You could have given birth you, to him Your mum might be down You could have given birth And you don't even know that You could have served me Like a quarter pounder that's At right. one of my many appearances At McDonald's 2am Where you work Your day job <laughs> <laughs> When you did McHappy Day Didn't you You were the celebrity <laughs> <laughs> Instead of filet of fish Coming do right Do they out. still do McHappy Day Is that a thing I don't know I know But this is So this is This, this is testament to where I grew up A kind of a like a podunk, you know, South Coast town. Podunk. My dad was one of the celebrities from McHappy oh, Day when he that's so nice. No, no, no. But he's not a celebrity. He's, <laughs> a, he's a school teacher. I mean, I guess people knew him. I guess maybe school teachers. That's were. pretty cool. When I um, used yeah. to volunteer at a community radio station in Hornsby, which was called Triple H, which stood for Triple Hornsby. Oh, not the uh, wrestler Triple H. No. <laughs> <laughs> Damn uh, it! Did you get a lot of WWE callers? <laughs> like <laughs> they did a um. Uh, a, a live broadcast from McHappy Day Wow At like uh, Mount, Mount Cole and Maccas Jesus um, But it also synced up with uh, My first attempt at doing the 40 hour famine Those two things don't go together no. at all And um, so Kamal by... Kamal The uh, the Indian Australian singer um, Was the special guest at I McHappy Day I think we're on a first name basis with Kamal here. <laughs> I feel like everyone is on a first name basis with Kamal Yeah I think they're No one is. knows what his last There's name only... is So he was there Man yeah. imagine him taking your order Imagine that voice reading back your order Six, imagine six no, I, I like that we're all Of we such high imagine. caliber That none of us Tried to do that impersonation No it's 2015 Shag Shaggy um, baby Hey Shaggy thanks Della. for having me guys oh. No worries You're here for a very good reason Because uh, mm-hmm. we uh, We've been You know We tried to put together A massive panel oh. As we've done for movies and TV For video games Putting um, together this episode Was actually harder Than putting together Our live episode It was meant to be recorded Last Monday Yep And uh, Shag could do it Shag was always the one doing it Actually as soon as we um Announced Guys don't make it look like I'm always available Like no, you just... were very lucky Like we luckily very lucky. There were two dates That I could have done It was the last one It's tonight Okay too. we're not We're not speaking out The other uh, uh, The other 12 days But you know we'll, we'll let you have The benefit of the doubt we, we were meant to have Jen Fricker on here We were meant to have Chloe Lake on here Louis We were meant McCurdy. to have Alex Vitlin Louis McCurdy would have been it's silly season You know It's silly season And well, I think ma- we kind of Expected a little too much Out of some I, I, don't, I don't want to go uh, Calling more Triple J Celebrities <laughs> names But I, I feel like Maybe my... these guys Have a silly season All the time Yeah You know what Maybe it's their a... lives Are a silly season What the J stands for In Triple 2016. J 2016 <laughs> <laughs> Life motto, get your lives in check for New Year's. Yeah, look, we'll have them. We, we, we might invite them next year. Who knows? The only thing is that we actually have our first choice guest here, Shag. As soon as we uh, spoke, Levin's I have, you know, we use uh, one of those encrypted Malcolm Turnbull-esque IM uh, d- d- uh, messaging apps because we don't want our messages read by the government. No way. The it's stuff called, we talk about. It's called Facebook.com if you want to use it. Facebook, sign up to it. It's, it's a beautiful little life. site. You'll meet a lot of people you forgot about in high school and it's going to make your life better. But with first choice, Shag. We're like, got to get Shag on. And it's... Mainly because we love him, but also because he did this great thing recently. This is the most insular yeah, <laughs> bragging so we right. We have a um, like a little group on Facebook. Uh, I think just little 
you know, it's about 50 to 60 people. That's got um, 65 members. 65 members. Wow. 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 Cool. Wow. Uh, and they're all just different people in Australia that play video games that aren't necessarily like, you know, the direct, immediate, like I identify as a gamer and that's it kind of mm. people. Yeah. You know. They're not the sort of people that comment on YouTube videos. No. They call a game like, you know, uh, everyone's gone to the rapture, a walking simulator. No. And get angry about the, you know, like they're people who genuinely enjoy games without it becoming this awkward thing where they're somehow like nice guys. True. And they probably wouldn't call you a, I don't know, derogatory homophobic term on Xbox Live. No. You know, they're, mm. they're, they're lovely people. Uh, this is a weird thing to say, but I, I, I don't. I would never call myself a gamer. I think you're a gamer. You game. No, I play games. Take it back. Take back. All right, I'll take it back. No, no, no. Not you. Take it back. We are here to take back the term gamer. Okay. But <laughs> Levens, I actually think you make a really good point there. I feel like it's people who love video games but don't self-identify as gamers because I feel like if you want to have a barometer for someone who's an awful person, mm. find someone who self-identifies as a gamer. Good point. And you're good on point. the right track. Yeah, exactly. Go to PAX. <laughs> <laughs> but it's like it's like you know someone who self-identifies as a nerd. I immediately think of oh the cast. The Big Bang Theory mm. or something. Whereas, to be a nerd, can I? Can, can I? This is a very off the top. Well, it's a, it's on that topic. But my dad is like a certified genius. He is a oh, wow. electrical. Like he was an electrical engineer. Worked for on all these things on all these boards. Massive. Like smartest guy Wait, I know. Is your dad the Indian character on Big Bang Theory? <laughs> <laughs> my dad he is. He is number one. <laughs> But number two, my dad loves the Big Bang Theory. Wow. And I don't, I don't really understand it. It's always really awkward. And well, you know, geniuses sometimes are a bit, you know, I'm not saying your dad's socially stunted, but you know, they're a bit <laughs> removed from society. Maybe well, that's really funny well, too. Well, because my impression of the Big Bang Theory was always for people who think they know what smart people are like, but mm, don't actually, mm, mm. aren't actually smart. As if it's written by smart people. Because by it's like means. all the characters like love Albert Einstein and yeah. stuff. It's like, it's like when people love art and they say, I love Mona, the Mona Lisa or something like I love that. Mona Lisa. Probably it's the just like, it's I've all the most seen. obvious touch points of being smart and yeah. being a nerd or whatever. But it's definitely written by dummies. there dummies. you go. So I'm, I'm, I'm going to get the Mona Lisa calendar for 2016. <laughs> Every month dude, is the same <laughs> picture of Mona Lisa. You're such a nerd, dude. <laughs> Um, yeah, and I think people. It's nerd face. That I feel nerd like face. I feel like people that like Big Bang Theory aren't necessarily like you know. Oh my god, I'm gonna root for the nerds again. I think it's just it's one of the few laugh track sitcoms that still gets put on television it's now. Safe. And there's a warm feeling that it's you get safe. when you if you grew up with them. Like you know, we grew up with them, but that was only ten years of our lives. Whereas you know, the generation or two before us, mm. that's what television is to them. You know, like sure. sitting down with a comfortable laugh track every Sunday night. Is it like that a weaning is a perfect off? opinion? And I am stealing that. Okay, <laughs> it sounds like a show that you wean someone off. So like you know you're weaning them off. It's like take, giving them a placebo, trying to get them off drugs or something. It's like no, we'll let them watch this laugh track comedy until we get them onto you know. My father-in-law fucking loves the Big Bang Theory. <laughs> is he a genius? And Maybe these guys should hang out. And <laughs> but he, but he is like you know, I, I, he would definitely not identify. He's the last person in the universe that would identify as a nerd. But he loves every week. He loves Sheldon, 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 just Sheldon the whole gang, just, <laughs> just all those members. <laughs> There's Sheldon, there's a guy that used to be on Roseanne, and then there's an Indian guy. That's yep. it. Because Indian guys is, you know... Isn't there that guy... That, there's a guy that's been in a bunch of Coen Brothers movies as well that's in the cast too. Really? Yeah. And there's a girl. And a girl. And a pizza No, place. there's a few girls now. <laughs> there's a few girls. Mm. Wow. Well, you know, 
I bite my tongue on anything uh, I said against that show being progressive. All right. Well, bazinga to this conversation. <laughs> oh, also, uh, got to say, uh, Louis McCurdy will be joining us remotely. I uh, ran into him today as per chance and asked him his favorite games of the year. Well, I actually got a few of the big guests that couldn't make it to uh, send me voice memos. Really? Of, oh, we'll uh, put those in at the end. How about at the beginning? At the beginning? So everyone listening right now can be like, oh, yeah, that already happened. Uh, no, no, it's called TSO. We're going to get time spent listening. It's, we're going to make them listen to the whole episode so they get to the end. <laughs> Perfect. All right. Dude, podcasts are crazy. It's just happening as it goes. Yeah. It's so why fluid. people keep tuning in. Hey, if you want a two Anglo guys, <laughs> was, we've got a great review this week. I mean, look, I'm not one to let reviews. Yeah, actually, yeah. I, I want Shag to read out our amazing review. I'd love to hear this. You guys mentioned this while we w- weren't recording. Yeah. And so, I was so, incredibly intrigued by this. So, um, you know, we read our reviews. Like, we're not... We're not so please, please read this out from the from the title. Um, so the, the, username. You're, you're, you're a new character, Shag. Your name is Simmons. Simmons four four two. Is that it? All right, all right, okay, all right, okay. Read it all. So Simmons two four two. The title for this comment. I mean, it's perfect. Yeah, yeah it says it's it all. Beautiful. The title is "This is a boring podcast." <laughs> yep. Um, this podcast is two Anglo dudes yep. who like hearing their own jokes. And talking over each other. Check. Wait, wait, wait. Yeah? He then put a full stop. He then pressed enter a couple of times so there was a space. So we had a pause. Dramatic pausing, I like He to then think. writes... And I, know, I love that we're assuming it's a dude. Could be a girl. Could be. He or she... They write... The result is self-involved banality. Banality? Banality. Uh, uh, then another um, space... Boredom masquerading as information <laughs> slash criticism. <laughs> Now, I sent that to Levin straight away. I saw it and I was like, all riled up. And then you just, you really diffused the situation for me. It's, uh, I, it, I mean, you know, my, it's really been a week of just uh, owning up to my criticisms for me. Yeah. <laughs> Since uh, baby b- both on my podcast and also in my, uh, my, my DJ life. Uh, last weekend, when I was at Meredith Music Festival, uh, during which I recorded a, uh, a podcast, hit podcast 2016, you are back my in the car. My favorite podcast of 2016. With Angus Tommy Dressler, Tom Ballard, and Drew Thorne. Did you actually record Thorn? one? Uh, yeah, yeah, we did, uh, but we can never, we can never, we can never let the, the because you all go to jail <laughs> yeah, for hate right. crimes. Okay, great. I can't wait to hear it. <laughs> uh, but uh, after the podcast, the hit podcast, um, so I, this podcast is not just self-involved banality, but cross promotion out the wazoo. Absolutely. Uh, but I, I played a Justin Bieber song during my DJ set in front of ten thousand people. At the time, I thought everyone loved it. We'll go into detail uh, in a later podcast. But uh, <laughs> uh, I got a lot of uh, a lot of hate. Uh, posted on my DJ page over the last week. It's been real fun. Um, Sitting lo- through that hatred. Lots you? of people saying the worst moment in Meredith history. That's and, pretty uh, big. Yeah, it kind of got, kind of goes up from there. Um, people calling me all kinds of names. But this is my fav- my favorite uh, favorite criticism was just someone wrote, "You are a coward." <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I don't understand. Sorry, how. Yeah. Uh, man, it takes bravery to play Justin Bieber in front of ten thousand. Yeah, no, exactly. Also, cow. That's that's super interesting. Um, but, but I look, digress. Bazinga to that conversation too, my good friends. Should we move on to the best games well, no, of twenty fifteen? No, no, Before we do that, I wouldn't mind slightly tearing apart Simmons two four two. Okay, I take back my bazinga and uh, <laughs> allow yeah, you to reinstate it. Because he's like, look, this podcast is two Anglo dudes who like hearing their own jokes and talking over each other. So hey. look, fair enough comment. Podcasts generally are self-involved. Thing. We That's fine. That we're Anglo Saxon. Like but hell. then he says boredom masquerading his information as criticism. But he just said it's two guys who enjoy this, which wouldn't really be boredom. 
So what's he trying to say? I think he's a very conflicted what? individual. I don't think. I feel like everything falls apart on that last line. Yeah. If he left it at the result of self-involved banality, that would have been a mic drop. But it kind of falls apart. It's almost like he dropped the mic with that dramatic spacing and then came back and picked it up and it was like, oh, and another thing. It's almost like he enjoys hearing the sound of his own voice Ooh. on a comment. It's almost like he loved reading Ooh. his own reviews so much. Maybe he's actually secretly in love with you guys. You know what, Simmons? What's, uh, what's the number sequence? Simmons 242. Simmons 242, let's talk. Let's talk. Come, you know, d- uh, private messages on Facebook. Let's. I really, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm all for constructive criticism. This isn't like a bullying or singling out. I would love to hear how you think you can make Hayfam better. No, fuck that. If there were 241 <laughs> Simmons, yes. maybe think of a new name. Yeah. Maybe <laughs> don't be like, oh well, 242. Maybe I'll just add my name to the hat of that. No, that's true. That's another great point. Sorry, oh, they're 242 years old. <laughs> yeah, maybe he's the oldest Simmons around. <laughs> Sorry in that case. I respect you. When you're... from the year 242 AD. Yeah, maybe this podcast has overthrown society in the, like, in the future or something and he's travelled back to warn us. Or warn others from listening to him. Maybe <laughs> he's we've... travelled back to post a critical comment yeah. on YouTube. He's like, we can't interfere too much. We'll just leave construct- uh, unconstructive criticism. Yeah, it's a world where all we play is Justin Bieber songs and talk over one another. So some of us in the world uh, choose to leave weird comments on people's podcasts. Mm-hmm. Others entertain ourselves with video games. Oh, baby. Uh, which, which category do you fall under, Shag? Um, look, Little I, column A, little column B? I yeah. like a good bitch as much as the next person, but I do enjoy the odd video games. So look, I'll put myself in column B. Oh, this group. We've got to, the group is called Virtual Boys. It's a collective. They... You know, cycling back a bit. Well, was it named by you, Levin? I feel like it was named by Angus, and it's oh, had it was named a. By you, there you go. Here's its splash page origin story for like a Marvel comic. Uh, it started off as an email chain. Yep. And I was getting super annoyed with getting 23 inbox. Like, I was like, you fuckers, let's just make this a Facebook group. It's so I, less I, annoying. I found this brand new website that you should <laughs> yeah. all check out. I'll you invite check out you. Facebook. My cousin Mark Zuckerberg just made it. <laughs> Trust me, it's going to be big. And we started a private group there, and it's kind of like my favorite thing on Facebook. Like, oh, anytime I check Facebook, there's always going to be a notification from Virtual Boys. And it's yeah. probably going to be from one of us three or and, and maybe five other people. So yeah, as, as the uh, the name suggests, even though it was named after a... Uh, console. Console. One of Nintendo's uh, huge missteps, failures. which I think it's good to be reminded of missteps. And I think that's why that, t- that the title came to be. The Virtual Boy in the uh, early 90s, of yep. a bright red attempt at 3D handheld gaming. Yeah, um, to lie down on the ground. I remember my... This is really weird. My father had a friend who was in the States and he brought one back for his kid and I was so jealous and he was having dinner there one night and he remembered the kid demonstrating it and I think the writing was on the wall. The kid had to put a pillow on the ground. The thing was so heavy. Lie down, get someone to put it on for him and play it for a while before he started like vomiting. Like, it was just like, I'm like, oh, maybe I'm not that jealous. Which isn't too far from how you have to use PlayStation VR. Yeah. <laughs> or how to die if you're the lead singer of ACDC. It's like, there's like a few like variables there. So we all voted... Um, at the suggestion of Shag, we all oh. kind of uh, he put together this fantastic uh, method of vo- voting for our best games of the year. I believed it was the SNK versus Capcom uh, <laughs> method, which I think perhaps I don't know most like uh, you know like maybe the state should adopt a, a similar because yeah the voting co- thing I, you know Florida would never happen if that was the case. The cross section of everybody inside the group, I would say, maybe forty percent of them own a PS4. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and then like 2% on Xbox One. <laughs> it's true. <laughs> and then there's a few X- Nintendo users in there as well. But it's a good little cross-section. Like, and some PC, everyone, of course. Everyone, yeah, a lot of PC. There's a bunch of PC, which yeah. I was surprised. So many PC games that um, I just don't get to see or ever play because... Yeah. And some handhelders. Um, and we're all holding each other's hands in that group. True, yeah, yeah. Yeah. 
Um, so Shag, describe to us how you are uh, in as quickly as possible. Uh, of course, <laughs> this isn't money ball. The voting process. <laughs> so basically, I am a big fan of end of year lists, but I feel like they're quite limiting because mm-hmm. I feel like genuinely, generally, if you ask people to vote for one thing. Only the most popular things get through, and often you don't see a wide range of people's interests. Great. I also feel like it's really tough often to rank the things in terms of like first, second, and third, or what have you, because we don't often think like that. Like we have mm. all these lists which make really good content for you know websites or whatever. Yeah. But they don't necessarily work as well as how people like you know personal... actually consume media and stuff. Yeah. Sure. So. Instead of that, I thought, okay, well, I want to give people a flexible system Mm. where they can vote depending on how they felt about video games this year. So what I did was I said, look, everybody has six points to allocate to three video games. Now, they can do that in three ways. They can either give uh, all three video games two points each. And so they say, these are my three favorite video games in no particular order. Mm -hmm. They can give them in uh, an ordered video. So it's like the first one's three, the second one's two, the third one's one. Or they can pick one they loved and two outliers, which are, you know, one's four and two are one. Mm. Now, immediately, you two both fucked up my system by voting for four, I think. (laughs) No, I did three. (laughs) I I did four. I I I fucked up your system. (laughs) But in the end, it still kind of worked. What I liked about it was is that the list we ended up with was a lot wider and a lot more interesting and I think a lot more representative to what people actually enjoyed this year rather Mm. than it just going to the... Because, I mean, it was a big year for big video games. Like last year, year, for example, was a good year for like Outliers. And Mm. I think even a couple of years ago, a couple of 3DS games made it to the top of par. But this is the year Mm. when Mm. AAA games really came into their own. So I really wanted to see... It was like this generation of video games has finally been... Consoles, rather, has been around for two years. And it's like those games they promised us at launch all finally came to like fruitation. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. And I guess what I really wanted to see was a really interesting spread that wasn't just the big sort of 10 games of the year. Sure, sure. I thought it was great. It was great because it made me think, like, yeah, we don't rank things. It's pretty hard to rank things. Yeah. And, and, like, attributing a number to something far more sentimental and far more, like, human, I think. So we're going we're gonna to definitely talk about our favourite games of the year. But before we get to that, maybe we should tell everyone what, what we voted for and then announce the results. Wait, then, what we voted for individually? Individually, sure. yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so how, did, how did you allocate your six points? So I messaged Shag instantly. And then <laughs> I kept you a so DM. I kept a DM, but then I saw... I was like, yeah, I don't want... Because I didn't want to, I didn't want like spoilers. I wanted people to kind of <laughs> be like the Academy Awards and like Shag have to count up and be like, right, guys, there was a lot of... And, and can, I, can I interrupt there? I, that's kind of how I wanted to do it. But I also don't want to be Johnny Dictator in the group. So someone immediately... Yeah, well, Johnny Dictator for one would be very upset at you. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Johnny, Johnny Dictator's Dic- like, uh, I'm Johnny Dictator. <laughs> Somebody immediately asked that they'd prefer to comment and it was too hard to message me. And I was like, you know what, guys, that's fine. But I would have preferred it if it was a big surprise. And I right. think it was because not everyone... This is an amazing thing about this um, Facebook page. We're not all friends. So I think that probably that's people true. had problems messaging you because it might go to your yeah. other inbox. Yeah, But I, I shot it straight away and then I saw Louis McCurdy posted exactly the same. I'm like, fuck. And then I screen capped it and sent it to Louis. I was like, you just said the same thing I did and mine's timestamped and people are going to think I'm copying you now. I was like, <laughs> I was so conscious that people thought that, but it was pretty funny that we gave each other, we gave the same rankings to the same game. So look, there's no surprises here. My game of the year was Metal Gear Solid Five. Um, the love affair I've had with that game spans this entire podcast series. And we're definitely going to talk about that later. Oh, absolutely. Um, second, it was, it was really tough. Uh, I couldn't think about it, but then uh, it hit me. It was Arkham Knight. 
no, no, definitely not the best game I played, but a really well made, just brilliantly made. Probably, do, you remember, do you remember how many points you allocated to sure, uh, Metal, Metal Gear? Sure, Metal Gear was three. I did the traditional. Uh, mine wasn't extreme. I did three to my favorite, two, then one. And then one was um, Majora's Mask 3D because I never got to own Majora's Mask. Actually, no, I'll go into it properly when we go through it all. But yeah, it was um, Metal Gear Solid Five and Arkham Knight, both the PS4 and 3DS uh, Majora's Mask. Easy. So I don't remember mine. Have you got? Have you got all the, everyone's comments I think in I front of you. Yours. yours is Metal Gear. I put Metal, Metal Gear number one. Splatoon. Um, then Splatoon. I think. Did I give them equal points? Uh, like I feel like I gave two to Splatoon. Let me two have to a look. Metal See, Gear. I've got I've got a couple of the posts up. Give me two seconds. Oh, here we go. I've got all the comments. Okay, so Levs, you said two points to Metal Gear Solid Five. Mm-hmm. Two points to to Splatoon. One point to Yoshi's Woolly World. That's and one right. point to Lego Dimensions. You did do four, you fucko. Yeah, well, I mean, like, I'll explain the rationale behind those sure. those votes later on. But Shag, how did you vote? And I voted uh, three points to Bloodborne. Yep. Two yep. points to Everybody's Gone to the Rapture. Mm-hmm. And then one point to Star Wars Battlefront. Nice. So awesome. Battlefront was one I was like, fuck, I forgot Battlefront as soon as I hit submit. Mm. But it had yeah. just come out. When uh, when when the votes when we mm. were allowed to vote, no, like it's it was, true. It was look, it's it was a about three week old game because yeah. you're like, is it just that it's fresh in my mind? But look, I have a lot of reasons for that. But I imagine we'll we'll get to definitely. Yeah, but before we do a that, great let, cross let, section already, like right there. Like absolutely, that's a let's sick cross section. Let's reveal uh, the virtual boys top ten. Did you do a top ten? Yeah, I did do a top ten. So start from so, ten, work our way down to one. So um, it's it's hard to do these sorts of things in Facebook, but. Uh, I'll go through the top ten, and I'll say what I did was, which is uh, which made it very easy to like work out all the winners and stuff, is that I said how many people voted for it, and also how many votes they got. And I thought that was interesting. If yeah. you see what I mean, because generally, if there was a tie, if more people voted for it, I gave it to the person that had more voters. Um, so number ten, number ten, with one voter. But wow. four points. Someone loved this game that much. They dedicated all those uh, points. A game I loved and would have been like maybe four or five for me. Life is Strange. Yes. I thought that. Yeah, you voted for that. No, you didn't. I, I didn't, was but I loved that game. I know you loved it. I was like, really I was surprised you didn't game. vote for that. Yeah. What, what, I, didn't, I, I completely missed that game. Was it's that point a point and click classic? Is it's, a PC well, game? it's not quite point and click, really. But it's like it's, a LucasArts type of well, adventure one, is not, it? Well, not really. It's Because, oh. I mean, it's third person. It's... It's on PS4 and PC. Sure. Essentially, you're a teenage girl who uh, goes back to your hometown, but you have this power to rewind time about five minutes. But there's also a murder mystery. It's kind of like cool. Veronica Mars meets Twin Peaks. Yeah, sick. Meets some... It's a little bit like Gone Home as well. It's a little bit like Gone Home. It's Gone like Home Gone Home great. and Twin Peaks and Veronica Mars sick. all in one. Gone Home was It's sick. really pretty incredible. Episodic, right? It's, a, it's episodic. It? Five episodes. Sure. Gets pretty wild by the fifth episode. Um, check it out. It's on my uh, to-do list. I thoroughly recommend it. All right, number nine, uh, a remake, the only remake in the list, oh, which yeah. is uh, pretty good, Majora's Mask 3D with uh, only f- same amount of votes for Life is Strange, four votes, but three voters on this one. Yeah, right. Was, yeah. Yeah, so, it would have been three. Yeah, wow. So that's cool. one that I've bought and haven't even taken the, the shrink sure. off <laughs> yet. It's a... I, I, I have this like hold on, we can talk about it now. Um, I have this like thing in me where I'm like, oh, if I don't support Nintendo, they'll die. <laughs> so I buy all the games I want like the day they come out. And then that's just, how Nintendo exists. It's people like you, <laughs> fucking assholes like me. And me, I bought it day one too. I remember walking to JB. I said I never owned that game as a kid because games in the fucking when did that come out? Um, Ocarina was ninety eight. That was like ninety nine two thousand. Right. Like games were one hundred and ten dollars then, mm. and as a kid. 
that's so much money. And I was like in year nine or something. I was like, there's now no it's way. pennies. Yeah. And I remember renting it, but because of the insane time system where it was like, you couldn't really, like the save function worked, but it was a game we had to go back and time travel. Like, mm. I think that to me is like one of the first games that, oh, it's just, have you played it, Shag? I never had an N64. Sure. Friends had, but I, I bought a 3DS recently. Yeah. Not the greatest decision. Like there were some good games on it, but I'm just not a Nintendo person. Sure. I've realized. And I started playing it, the 3D version. Yeah. And it's just too dated for me. Yeah, okay. Like, you know, it is really a dated long, bar- like, long barren polygonal landscapes where there's nothing. I believe a- it's pronounced polygonal. <laughs> <laughs> a very basic sort of play system. It's sure. just not for me. I mean, I feel like if you're someone who's like, I need to play what's been named the best game of all time, mm. maybe don't. Like, I'm, I'm a big, like, I believe, firmly believe that Resident Evil 4 is the greatest game of all time. Oh, wow. I feel like it is the godfather of modern gaming. Yeah, and, okay. Interesting. Which version? Uh, I had it on PS2. Sure. But, I played the um, Wii version. The Wii version was great. But yeah. Um, so yeah, I'm not a big fan of Majora's Mask 3D, but I see like I'm... And look... Because I, I love the Ocarina of Time remake on 3DS. Yeah, that's incredible. I mean, uh, Ocarina of Time It was finally... I, I actually finished it because I, I, I think that's the game that I've started the most times sure. in my life. I played that once. I remember it was 99. I had my uh, good friend Matthew Howley staying over and I woke up at 9am Saturday morning and I'm like, I'm going to play Ocarina of Time until I finish. And he's like cool, I'm going to stay and watch you do it. And he literally just watched and supported me do it. And the only time we left, and this time stamps the story, was at, I remember, like, 7 p.m. or something, my parents were like, all right, boys, we're going to go see The Sixth Sense now. Come along. And we had, like, a three-hour break where we went to the cinemas, watched The Sixth Sense. We're like, oh, my God, Bruce Willis, was he good? Came back and <laughs> did not go to sleep and finished it, like, 11 a.m. It was like a speed run almost, wow. but I'd never finished it before. Like, it was just done on no sleep. That's awesome. That was the time to be alive. But Majora's Mask showed up, and it was, like, you know, to use a, you know, it was, it was like a classic sophomore slump almost. It was dark. It was, it was like the Pinkerton to its blue album. <laughs> it was really dark. Like you're thrown into this world where, you know, everything's hard. You've got this d- three day time limit. Yeah. You travel back and like, it's pretty amazing. Like to think back then with that little disc space that I had that like a conversation you could have on the third day, then travel back. It was, it's, it's, it, it is like trying to discuss time travel sometimes and you do just get lost it's like it's 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 a pretty bold game to make especially yeah. for Nintendo. I, I played a few hours on my 64 back in the day but i never actually this was a rental for it. me so it was a hard game yeah. for me to play as a rental because you need to get really deep and go back and i had a nintendo 64 that um that maybe like 10 years ago that i found in nina las vegas's garage oh wow <laughs> um and it was um why was it in nina las vegas's garage uh like an old housemate had left it there look the podcast we could do about things we've all found in nina las vegas's <laughs> garage could be another contender for 2016 podcast of the year but yeah but um uh, yeah, so right. it was it was hard enough to play games on this Nintendo 64 that you had to like blow into a hundred times before a game worked and it would be fuzzy. So like a, a game that tested your patience like Majora's Mask, I was just like, no, no way. I'm going to watch the DK64 rap again. <laughs> <laughs> you bastard. I think that was like one of the only games that required the expansion pack as well, like the graphics. Majora's Mask did. Six, Donkey Kong 64. 64. I think Perfect Dark. Fucking Perfect Dark and maybe one of the Turoks. Yeah, I think Turok 2 did, yeah. Anyway, let's not talk about the best games of nine. Let's talk about the best use of expansion packs. <laughs> uh, move on to number eight. Number right. eight. Number eight. Uh, four voters this time. Only seven votes. Star Wars Battlefront. So as you said before, it was quite new when we did this list. I think but it's the newest game. I think it list, really it? captured everybody's attention immediately. Look. Tis the season. It's Star Wars the Star season. Wars. Like, this it, is, it's Star Wars, baby, I believe. There will never be a year like this again. 
I think in terms of Star Wars blanket everything and mm. I think like no matter if you're a fan of video games cinema whatever like you there was a Star Wars product for you and that game was just released at the best time it was you know it was the original trilogy levels like that's you know it was such a crowd pleaser um, though I would have loved so the only reason why I didn't vote for it though I regret not I just would have loved some prequel era missions I would have loved some Clone Wars stuff well I'm hoping we get a ton of DLC well before he came we, we, Shag and I had a big uh, we had like a 45 minute battlefront session he reminded me and I didn't realise it was this big there's four expansions coming out there's going to be definitely stuff from The Force Awakens it's <clears> going to be huge but there's definitely going to be prequel stuff I think they're listening they know what they're doing but also I mean it's, it's going to be like the you know the Mortal Kombat 10 model they're going to keep releasing new bits the predator of the... they're not I don't think they're thinking of a sequel at all I think they're just keeping, sure. thinking about just the longevity of this game well I mean with games and DLC now like how important is physical media medium once you have that base model you know like you can literally keep a game you know stocked up unless you're Call of Duty and Evil and make kids buy the same physical game every year I <laughs> so think Call of Duty is falling but anyway no, no, well, no, has, uh, b- before we continue let me let, why did you put why did Battlefront yeah, make, why, it, make your list so I mean I I took it far too seriously because that's generally how I live my life but what the I, game or the list the the list itself and oh, serious, the, the, reason why I gave, the reason why I gave Star Wars Battlefront, you know, even though it was the third point, I still gave it, you know, it's my third game of the year because I'm not a big multiplayer gamer. I know lots sure. of other people aren't. Um, I've always been someone who treats games as books. You know, I like to get through it. I like to see the story and then mm-hmm. I like to move on to the next one. Um, and it really turned me. It made me think, oh, wow, this is, this is actually something that I can be a part of. Yeah. I felt like I was a part of something. I felt like I was a part of something big, which is rare with video games. But also, I saw so many friends who never gamed or whatever bought not only the game, but bought whole systems just to play this game yeah. and then enjoyed it. So it's not like they bought it and then they gave it up after a month. They bought it and they're still playing it. For me, I feel like it's a really important game. And just for the purity of it, it's like yeah. the fact that I'm a big story gamer, but I don't care about the story because yeah. I can just get on. I, for well, me, we know like, the story. They're I've in the never, Star Wars movies. You I've know? never like, been someone who likes sports. For me, it's like, like, it's like what I imagine people who like FIFA like. Sure. I go on and play a couple of ra- rounds of, you know, Domination. Or I play of Supremacy yeah. or Turning Point the, or Walker Assault. Like, I'll just be like, oh, I've got half an hour I'll spare. And the pickup and playability of it is, like, I think one of the best things about it. Like, you mm. don't get bogged down in this mission or that. And it's mm. just like, oh, cool, I've got 15 minutes. I'm gonna, just going to jump on and play a quick hero so battle or something like that. Everything you've said from being not someone that's into multiplayer gaming to being turned by this game to being able to pick up and play and enjoying that... I have the exact same reaction to Splatoon with. Yeah, right. More, which brings us yes, to... perfect synergy. Which brings us to number seven. And it's interesting you said that because less voters, three voters, but eight votes, which means two of those three voted it as their favorite game of the year. Yeah. I mean, at one point, shoot up. Well, I mean, the thing is, it's like I've heard people flip... Like, the game looks... I'm sorry, but as someone who's not a big Nintendo fan, it looks ridiculous. And I've heard people say what you've said, that it's like it's revolutionized uh, first-person shooting for them. Yeah. Dude, you, you I, like so Angus is going to be away for a few weeks. So we, I, we don't know what we're going to do with episodes of Hey Fam. Maybe we should do a follow-up where I play one of your favorite <laughs> games of the year and you come and play Splatoon. Yeah, do some bonus apps so I can yeah. listen while I'm away. Yeah. <laughs> I'll um, do some in Japan. I'll go to like Japan gaming bars and stuff. <laughs> and find the Japanese equivalent of Shag. It's gonna be <laughs> and argue with him. Yeah. Um, yeah, man. So Splatoon is like, it's, it's this 
weird paintball game where you're a squid person. And so you, you, the aim of the game is, yes, you have to attack the other team and kill them with your paint gun. They, they burst after you shoot them enough times. Um, that's pretty violent for Nintendo standards, isn't it? That's not violent at all. Bursting. But, but, um, Come on, that's like... <laughs> but uh, the, the main aim of the game, though, is to, um, is to coat most of the area with your team's paint. Mm-hmm. So at the end of the game, doesn't matter how many times you've died, what matters is how much of the area is covered in you know, your, your team's colour. And once you lay down enough ink, you can then turn into a squid mood and then you can soar really quickly through the ink which makes it really easy to get through areas that you've already painted in your color. So that's the multiplayer part. The reason I voted it as one of my favorite games of the year is actually had my most satisfying single player classic, um, you know, platform style gaming. And I would say easily the most satisfying final boss I've ever played against. Wow. Remember you said that? Yeah. Like real you know, what made it so? Cause I mean, generally with a final boss, uh, that is a hard thing to do because there's so much pressure and, People often fall, like game makers often fall into the track of either making it too hard or making it a big QTE sort of thing. What made this boss so amazing? So, I mean, like, spoilers if you haven't, if you haven't played it, it is actually like a Dude, beautiful Dude, it's on Wii U. No one's going to play it. <laughs> Good burn. I mean, Angus even has a fucking Wii U and complains about Nintendo not doing anything new. And I've told him a hundred times to get Splatoon <laughs> and he still don't have it. Yeah, I know. Game. I'm a dirty bastard. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, but seriously, Nintendo should do something new. <laughs> um, the So... Normally, like the, the standard trope with a Nintendo bo- final boss is mm. like you jump on it three times yep. and it's done. You know <laughs> what like I mean? It's like a harder version of the two prior times you've encountered said boss. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But this one, this guy comes out, there's never really a boss at any point throughout the single player. It, the single player mode's quite short, like it's maybe three hours tops because it's not, you know, the main reason you get it is to play multiplayer. Yeah. But that's, that, that, that's why. If 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 Battlefront Star Wars Battlefront had a, had a, had even a single player mode of that length, I would have no trouble voting it in my one of my favorite games of the year because like the single player stuff or the you know the stuff that you play um, co op on the couch. That's my that's, I prefer to play Battlefield Star Wars Battlefield that that way. Battlefront Battlefield Battlefront Battlefront, Battlefront based off sake. the Battlefield games. Yeah. Um. Anyway, so the um Splatoon final boss is uh, a a DJ. <laughs> uh, who he plays Justin Bieber at the who, Meredith Festival? Yeah, he he floats above you with like two records and fires like all of these things that you've encountered throughout the sing- single player mode. The final boss level, he, like this battle, lasts fifteen minutes. Fuck, that's pretty. Even expensive. if you're good, yeah, right. And you just have you just have to. He just keeps changing up all these attacks. Like, yeah, there is like a um, you know, uh, a rhythm to it. You've got to memorize all all of them as they come, but like. I've I've beaten it three times. Oh wow! And every time I've beaten it, I had like one more shot, and I would have died. Um, what did you play it on? The gamepad or a controller? Gamepad. 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 Sick because um it uh you can play with um like you can put motion controls on, but all motion controls do does is gives you like the slightest bit of motion. Like you can, so like, it's not d- like one to one. No, no, like, it's not like you know, you don't like have to like turn around in your seat. Cool, but like you can move it sideways. I don't know, you get better range. It's fun. Do you use it with the motion control? Like, yeah, it's, yeah, it's cool. really fun. I don't I've know. Heard that's the best way to play it. But man, like, and and like speaking about DLC done right, like it hasn't cost a thing, but there's been I think something like twenty updates. That's crazy. Um, like new weapons, Splatoon, new maps. weapons, new maps, 
new modes. Yeah. Um, no, just I, I'm a for not getting it. <laughs> what I really, really want though is more single player mode because I love that single player mode so much. And there are even like elements and cool obstacles and different things that you introduce in the single player mode that I wish were in the multiplayer stuff. But like, yeah, I, mean, I would love for you to come over and play Splatoon. I think you would fucking love it. Awesome. Um, so well, seven. Leading, leading from absolutely loving something to number six, which is something you voted for, Angus, but nobody voted as their favorite game of the year, yeah, okay. which was Batman Arkham Knight. Now, it had nine votes, eight voters. Mm. It had the most people voting for it as their third favorite game of the year. <laughs> yeah. And I think that's a really interesting point because, I mean, my experience of it was I bought it because I love the other Arkham mm. Knight games. Sorry, the other Arkham games. Did Origins? not enjoy it as the other ones. Like I played Origins? them all. I played. I liked Origins. I probably, liked, I probably liked them all more than this one. I heard that Origins actually has one of the best boss fights in, in recent... With the, when oh, you really? played Deathstroke at the end. Oh, it, yeah. That's a, quite is, fun. Isn't it a really satisfying... I haven't played it, but I, I heard it was a really satisfying boss level. Oh, none of... The, look, honestly, none of the boss fights are in the Arkham games are as satisfying as just the regular fights. Yeah, exactly. The regular like, fights or even the Predator mode. You feel like Batman. That's yeah. why they're so good. Yeah, so... So that's interesting. So why did you put it? Did you put it as number two? I put it as number two. So I'd I'd be curious to hear why sure. you put it as I like the second reason. best game of the year. Because um, Shag's already alluding to hating it, so I can't no, look no, no, forward no. to hearing I, that. Look, look, I played through. I I think I got a like I didn't get a hundred percent, but I got close because yeah. I'm a big completionist. Yeah. So I'm I'm kind of with you, but I definitely wouldn't um, have put it in my top three. I just felt like it was finally one of the first new games of this next generation of consoles, which really did use the power of said console at no load. I mean, I don't want to speak about the PC version because I know that was an unmitigated disaster. <laughs> but there was uh, like zero loading between three islands. Like it was massive. It was just the scope. That's of it. a really good point, actually. It blew me away and I was like, oh, this is finally the next gen games that we've been promised where it's like superfluous. Like it's just like seamless too. Like from cutscene to game to like everything looked great. The produ- I mean, I'm a Batman nerd as well, so that didn't help. And also a Star Wars nerd, which is interesting because I didn't um, pump that in there. I just I, I thought the gameplay was great. I mean, it wasn't revolutionary. Uh, the Batman, obviously, the inclusion of the Batmobile was an awesome, awesome new thing, uh, which was quite contentious. So you enjoyed the Batmobile? Look, the missions weren't great, where you had to go around like <laughs> like hacking like power grids and stuff, and then shooting drones. Actually, it was funny. I had lunch with a friend today who just uh, he's got my copy and finished it. And I was like, it is pretty amazing that, like, you are such a reckless driver in that game, but you still don't break Batman's one rule. Like, it just, the, 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 the way they've gotten around that, like, you can be driving uh, GTA style, like, just speeding down a bridge waiting to smack somebody just to be like, yeah, I'm going to kill someone as Batman. And then it gives them an electric shock and throws them out of the way. I was like, I thought, that's pretty funny. Hey, can I just ask you, just break this conversation for a second. No, as a it. huge Batman fan, yeah. in any of the Batman comics, in any of the alternate universes, mm. has Batman ever broken his one rule and killed someone? Oh, sure. It's Has like he? a dream sequence sometimes. Like, you know, like it's no, happened, but he's never done it. Oh, last frame of the killing joke. People say he's killing the Joker and that's to be debated. Yeah. I mean, and there's different iterations of Batman, like where, where they're a Batman that has to break the Batman rule. Like when other people step up and put the cowl on. So yeah. Like, like Damien. Damien Wayne. When Damien and, in the, the 666 universe, which is set 30 years in the future, Bruce Wayne's dead. His son, Damien Wayne's Batman. And he's like... He was raised a killer, basically, and he does kill. Mm-hmm. Um, but as canon stands with Bruce Wayne, and like you know, no matter how many reboots have done, or actually, re-reboots. in the very, very first Batman comics, Batman has a gun. Oh, he has a gun, and and he <laughs> almost <laughs> certainly kills people. Yeah, but I mean, yeah, and it's like, yeah, no, he does not kill. Though you know, it's it sure definitely uses a plot device a lot. Yeah, 
But uh, I, I just thought it was like a really well-made game. It, it was not a revolutionary game by, game by any means. It was not pushing too many boundaries, like I said, besides... You described the, it as the Monster Energy Batman. Yeah, I've always said it. <laughs> it's the Monster Energy drink version of Batman. That's like, awesome. Women, That's so true. Women have tinier waists in this game and they're very buxom and men are just like brick shit houses and everyone's attractive even professor pig this horrible heinous character in the comics he's even kind of not that ugly in this like everyone's the super pretty version of themselves uh but i just thought it was really well made and i think in a year which will kind of a lot of big triple a titles were plagued by bugs again i'm only speaking for the console mm-hmm. not the pc version it just played like what i thought a really well like it handled well it looked great it played great it was a good game I thought it was a really great game. I mm. did love going to like Gotham City Police Department and chatting and walking around and mm. like just 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 zooming around like uh you know using your um grappling hook. But I think that's why it would never get number 1. And that's why I think it's interesting. It's a lot of it's like that like a song that tops the like a voting list or something because everyone didn't mind it. Mm. It wasn't necessarily the best song of the year, but it's enough people's second or third choice. It's a Jared James of a song. It just gets in there and you kind of like Oh, that I guess yeah, like the it, it didn't yeah, it didn't break barriers, but it was just a really well made game. All right, we'll we'll move on to number What about four. you? What about your thoughts? Yeah. Well So look, moving on. Um It's not your podcast, can <laughs> Yeah, it's, I'm so sorry. I just get used to this. That's so bad. My God. I just get used to like just getting behind a mic and like no, no, it's right, right, my man, new favorite podcast it. of twenty sixteen, moving on with <laughs> moving on <laughs> with Shane. Shane. Yeah. Yeah. That's amazing. Yeah. <laughs> it's basically like I go on to someone else's podcast and they're like, Okay, Shaq, shut up. You got a spin off. <laughs> you got a spin off. Um I was really disappointed. So you want to think that the like that's the other thing I want to say. The developer it came back to Rocksteady. It didn't go to Rocksteady. Montreal, I think it was. It went came back to the the guys who made uh, Arkham Asylum and Arkham yeah. City. So I love Arkham Asylum, and I I lo- like loved every minute of that game until mm. like the stupid last battle. But even that, I was like, oh, who cares? With yeah. Monster then, Energy steroid joke. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But then uh, I hated Arkham City. Oh, also you hated Arkham City. I just like I don't know. I, I, I it was such a massive, big, expansive universe, like world. It was so much bigger than the first one. And I was like, oh my God, the potential, how great. And then I was still doing fucking stealth missions in like, yeah. in like small enclosed areas. Stealth missions are sick though. Yeah. I just hate, like, oh, we'll get to that when we talk about Metal Gear, but yeah. I, 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 I hate stealth games. Also, I, one thing that's interesting, I still love the way the writers uh, always come up with a plot to get rid of every civilian in the town. It's like, <laughs> yeah. I love that. Like no, That's a really good point. I love that. The start of every... Like, it's not an Arkham game unless the entire civilian yeah. population has been pushed out on... And look, I love the opening scene in the diner and stuff and you're the cop and you get attacked. Like, I did think it did some really cool things and it just... It, yeah. Why, why were you disappointed? Look, it was basically just Arkham City again. It was, and mm. Arkham Origins was Arkham City again as well. Sure. But that was kind of to be explained away because it was, it was a stopgap game made by another developer and they brought in some interesting ideas. I don't think the Batmobile was that fun and I think maybe we didn't need it. I think it, it's one of those things where it's like so much of the world now is everybody demands something and then we get it and then we're like, ah, oh, fuck. Turns out we didn't want that in the end. And we, <laughs> I wish we didn't get that. And I feel like the Batmobile was Simmons kind of like Simmons 2-1 uh, for... for <laughs> Sounds like Simmons podcast reviews. <laughs> but do you know what I mean? Like, yeah, I, no. and I feel like the Batman Beer was kind of like it wasn't bad, but it was the only new thing. It wasn't that amazing. Mm. The game was the sort of same game we've already already played. Sure, I don't think the story was that good. 
I 100% I did actually I know I did 100% it because I wanted to see the special ending you got sure. the fucking Riddler trophies you did the Riddler so what I, is the what I did is... all of the with with a, with an FAQ I did all the Riddler trophies what's the real ending there's Spoilers. there's some sort of a Phoenix Batman character that arises so some sort of fiery Batman now exists fuck I've never heard of that no that's a Arkham I think that's the only reason why they could work, so there are, yeah so there's like there's like a mugging in Gotham and then this like Batman made of fire appears to attack them and that's the end of it Jesus okay coming soon interesting because I mean I think this is you know everyone's contracts are up Mark Hamill Kevin Conroy like that's one thing that was great too the voice acting getting but was Mark it Hamill, Mark Hamill this time oh yeah it was Kevin okay. Conroy and Mark Hamill and I thought the Joker inclusion this was fantastic I thought that was the if anything this game if my favorite takeaway of this game is anything, it's the Batman Joker relationship, the dichotomy. Just like you'd be flying around and it wasn't a cinematic, and you'd get to the top of a building and a Joker would generate and start talking to you. And it'd yeah, like that scare, was cool. Scare the shit out of you, and you're like, "Fuck, he's going crazy!" Like he's seeing Joker everywhere, and I thought that was that was super cool. Mm. But yeah, Hamill is, you know, yeah. Hamill is Joker, like just the best Joker. As the uh, host of my favorite podcast of 2016 says constantly moving on <laughs> <laughs> all right so what was that seven or six that was number six so number six. five and i think this was an incredibly clever move by whoever decided to do this wh- whether it was the playstation network or the developers <laughs> themselves but rocket league it sure. had uh 10 votes with seven voters that's really big now as, as i said before it was a free game on psn that's nuts which is probably one of the reasons why it is still so popular now yeah i um bought it on steam um when it was on sale because i missed i didn't have a ps4 when it was on when it was free on psn and uh i bought it on steam thinking like everyone said such good things about it and then i like i bought like like seventy dollars worth of games in this Steam sale, and then as soon as the transaction went through, I realized that I never fucking play games on my computer. <laughs> and why the hell did I do that? Yeah, why did you do that? <laughs> um, yeah, but like Rocket League is like a, a racer soccer game. Yeah, mm. essentially, no, it is soccer played by remote cars. control cars. Yeah, basically, and so it's. It's soccer, but with the limitations of the fact that you can go forward and reverse and you can turn. You can do some sort of boost moves as well, but there's no actual kicking. You just ram into the ball. And it's smaller than soccer as well because I think there's three or four per side. Um, but it's all online, the people isn't it? But the people who love it, love it. So I, I don't really know what to say about it. I tried to play Have it. Have any of us play it? I got super bored by it very quickly. Sure. I had a similar experience. Um Look, it's fine, but it, at the end of the day, to me, it was a like a free game on PSN, and it just played like that to me. I think there's this amazing league, like there's like hardcore fans. Like you go, there's so many tumblers and subreddits and stuff devoted to like crazy goals. Like I think it's a lot of people have figured out not how to break it or hack it, but how to like do things. And I think uh, the community around it's really great, and I think that's really cool. But it's just not my style of game at all. Like mm. I don't care about soccer car, like or mm. what's what's the Metroid version called. You know the new DS game, that horrible. Oh god, like, like space the, soccer the, the with weird Metroid. Yeah. Oh god, that is the worst move Nintendo have ever. Nintendo that are usually really shock- good at giving Nintendo fans what they want. Yeah. No, so you know what that is? That all of their actually good games have been moved to whatever the Nintendo NX is. Mm. So that's why we're currently getting all these extremely low. Is that true? Low rated. Yeah, I think so. Oh, I mean, hopefully, that's what I hope. Because like all of the games hey, you that know come what? out in the last half of this year. You sound like a Nintendo fan, like me, just hoping, just like. 
I hope and man, you used to be just like me. <laughs> no, I love Nintendo. You don't. You've, you've, you've fallen so far. Oh, no. I just had an off year with Nintendo because <laughs> they didn't do anything. <laughs> they put out a really, really good new game. Yeah, the market was terrible. buy it. <laughs> I saw an ad for it in the cinema and it made me turn... I was turned off. I was like, you're a squid, you're a kid, you're a squid, 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 well, you're a some, kid. That's pretty much what you are. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Uh, no, I love Nintendo. Come on, man. I, well, I, look, actually, both of you, but... Levens especially because it really featured in your top games of the year. Mm. As a huge Nintendo fan, I think it's interesting you didn't put Mario Maker in Yeah, it. I was going to say that too because you loved Mario Maker when it came out. Yeah, I feel like Mario Maker is... I was so excited for it. And when I got it, it's cool and it's everything I kind of wanted it to be. But I don't know that I necessarily need it. Like, exactly. I th- I'm glad that I have it. I've got and, there, uh, I've got the Amiibo up there, but like at the end of the day, it's a game where you have to make a game, and I don't want to play that. Yeah, I mean, and that was Angus's biggest fear. I made, I made some levels that I really liked, but it's hard to kind of get your levels out there. I want people to be like, "Fucking cool level, dude!" It doesn't happen. But uh, no, it doesn't really happen. Um, I've played a few cool fan levels, but for the most part, people just make those. You know, you the just automatic. Don't press any button levels, and then so you just like <laughs> bounce, 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 and the cool music plays, and then you. You know, you just finish like, the level. That shit's relegated to like hacked versions. But and look, they are updating it. There's been a few DLC, uh, like you know, like, yeah, like free, adding free items downloads. And stuff. But they've also like they're adding like a easier, a better search function. That's what so they do. So all of the they call it like Rube Goldberg machines and weird music levels yeah, are just being move them away. They're like, oh well, yeah, they'll be in their own compartment. You can go see them. But people that are making actually good levels will be there. Yeah, I mean, like, look, I hope, I hope. I think it's going to have a strong community that lasts for a long time. I seriously see that like a game where the world will be sad in eight years when they switch yeah. off the servers. Like, I, I see th- that as a game where there's... I would still say, put it as like like a must-own purchase if you have a Wii U, which isn't saying much because there have been like three of those this year. But If I was like eight to 12, I guarantee that would be my favorite game because I mm. wouldn't have a job. I wouldn't be... like I'd come home from school design levels during school come home and start making them and just like that would it's so and cool they use it's, it the interface is so fun it's yeah it's, I think look I, I, I it's a like all games it would be one that I would enjoy more if I had more time mm-hmm. but but Nintendo have been amazing in my new life as a dad who you know freelances and does too many jobs all of Nintendo's games have been influenced by like the app generation so it's like you're able to pick them up and play 15 minutes at a time and you can put it down and you're like cool like, you know I chipped away at the greater goal I can't play a Fallout I can't play a you know one of those massive immersive games because I don't have the fucking time and Mario Maker surprisingly is one of those games where you need mm. you need to dedicate a good chunk of time to it to really really love it and I didn't have the time I remember Nintendo used to reverse engineer their consoles to fit the, sorry to fit the launch title uh, Mario 64 for example like that controller was made and Miyamoto everyone said like you know the, the yellow C buttons that was your camera game and that was one of the only games where those four C buttons were the camera yeah the stick everything that everything was designed around that game this game should have been the launch title for Wii U I think like you use that pad so well you absolutely have this, like, no couldn't if, agree more yeah, if that yeah. was the launch title for Wii U oh man it would be a completely different place interestingly though if we were going to talk about games that didn't come out this year that we finished this year that were our favourite I uh, I finally got 100% on Mario 64 are you kidding me because you got every star every star because on the on, on the on the Wii U the di- yeah the you can, virtual this is the coolest thing on the virtual console on the Wii U you touch the screen and you can create a restore point from oh, wow. wherever you are, like a freeze point. So, no like, so, like, you know, there are there are things like you know, there are stars that you can only get by firing a cannon perfectly. Yeah, and like you would just kind of create the restore point from within the cannon, miss it a hundred times, oh, but always wow. just keep loading it until you until you perfected it. What a perfect game, Mario sixty four, dude! It's like honestly, like it's a perfect game. Like 
the the most disappointing thing that Nintendo does is not release more 3D Mario games. Yeah, but also like I'd love to know why they they drip feed virtual console classics. Like if I was them, I'd be like where the iTunes like they especially because most of them are already on the Wii. Store exactly, that's on the Wii. So they have the sense. IPs. Like I, I like if I don't know. I mean, I don't. I don't want this being so. You've never you've never been a Nintendo kid. I had a Super Nintendo when sure. I was very young. Do you have fond memories of that? I had hugely fond memories. I loved Zelda. I loved oh, uh, Super Metroid. Link to the past, baby. Um, yeah. So, so, so Angus rattling off all these names and like of, of games that he wants to play. Like, you don't have any like warmth towards that? Or? No, look, I do. Look, I'm a huge... I probably read more about video games than I play them. Okay. I love... Which is the, like, one of the worst things about living in 2015. Yeah, but no, no, but I actually really enjoy it. No, I love, and that's not a dig at you. That's no. me going like, fuck yeah, I've got two spare hours. I might just check my phone and see what's going on in fucking video. Why don't I just play a video game for two hours? But then yeah. part of me is like, there are so many games I'll never play and I really enjoy watching... I'll watch a playthrough of them. Sure. You know, for example. And so I have... I have like this weird outsider fond idea of Nintendo. Sure. But like I said, I, I dipped in, I bought a 3DS and I just haven't really enjoyed it as much as I, I thought the 3DS. I would. That's yeah, amazing. Me like I reckon that's like Nintendo's best console in 10 years. It's an amazing console. I think like I the think fact it's backwards yeah. compatible, which they just don't really do. Like no other console does besides Wii U and Wii. Uh, I don't know. 3DS has got. I don't know. Take a bunch of games home tonight, and yeah, seriously, I could. I and could DS games as well. Like, well, look, I mean, I've played a few. Like, I love the Advance Wars series, for example. Advance Wars rules. Like, yeah. I think they're really good for like a handheld. Mm. I loved the um, the dedicated Zelda, uh, um, the oh. way you could become a shadow on the wall. Absolutely, oh. yeah. Man. And that's a link between worlds. A link between worlds. That, that was, was my fav- favorite game of two years ago. Yeah, I was far. bummed that I realized with, with this voting that I played that last year. I was like, oh man, that would be my. Yeah, but it one. came out the year before that too. Fuck, it was twenty thirteen, wasn't yeah, it? I, pl- I played it um, the night before. My wife went into labor with my son. I, I, played it, I finished it. I finished it the night before. I played it in hospital, hospital the day after I had the uh, abscess surgery. I was playing <laughs> it in there. It's, it's a hospital game. That, but you know, that's, that's Nintendo si- firing at all cannons, though. Mm. Getting like the nostalgia thing right, getting all the new ideas right, and just look. Not a, a spoiler, but it's very similar to the Force Awakens. It's like this is the Zelda game everyone's been wanting. The sequel to the SNES game. You know, like it's the direct sequel to the Super Nintendo. Well, Zelda. look, and uh, this is, Angus this is just spoiled thing. that Luke Skywalker can uh, be a shadow. <laughs> he, yeah, man sorry, now. he can yeah stick to Walter. <laughs> now and just like slide into everyone's dms but this is this is a true thing like i have been very tempted to buy a wii u based on like i think that's the power of nintendo is the fact that every other console every other like the pc even it's all about the range of things whereas like a wii u it's like i do want to play splatoon mm. and i do want to play you know the mighty 100 oh and, and i do want to play all these games that i'll never you want to play the best version of mario kart like it is the I, yeah i do want to play the new like, mario kart that was my favorite game of last year yeah. and it's like but i also know that once i do i'll be like stuck with four games i like and that's it but the thing is with a PS3 and stuff, <laughs> but the thing was a PS3, I was left with like one game I really liked. Like, no, no, you're an idiot. No, I'm joking. No, every, no. Here's the thing, though, man. Like every console is worth buying once you've bought it. Like I feel like mm. I don't know. I don't know. Like the Atari I, I, Jaguar. No. I mean, like you know, over the last the last ten years yeah, or whatever. True. But like, I probably. I mean, if, if you were going to keep JB Hi-Fi business with that, that's amazing. I love that. If you if you actually put the time into like you can't wait to be told that a game is fucking amazing for for a console that you own. You just have to just go like, this is the console I bought. I have to learn to love it, and it honestly doesn't take very much to like you know find those games. I hated that uh, era where like the Wii was just referred to as like, oh, that thing that, that generates dust in my in my thing. But it yeah. was like, no, a good game came out for the Wii every month or two. Yeah, you just true. didn't fucking get it. Yeah. Um. Anyway, 
um, but but the same goes for like you know PS3, Xbox. Like there's always there's always something that comes out. I retract that, that like, PS3 The Wii U is a very special case though, because they have they basically abandoned it within a year, mm. and no, now within it actually has been longer than you think that since it came out. It's 2012 when it came out. Yeah, yeah, and and they didn't abandon. Like I mean, there've been plenty of really good Nintendo. Like I mean, yeah, third party abandoned it. But Nintendo put out some of their best games. Even Nintendo. I mean, games. Nintendo very quickly announced the NX. It's true. Well, this and they, we this don't year. even know what it is. Yeah. No, we don't even know what it is. Definitely. Yeah. We don't even know what it is. And they announced it to be like, dudes, it's okay. And that, to me... And I mean, even like even their first party support. I'm sorry. It's like they did say a Zelda was coming. Then you they know, said got, maybe it's going to... Now remakes. they're saying it's come to Wii U. But there was a period there yeah. when it was going to be going to NX. What's worrying to me is we were promised a Zelda game. We've been given two HD remakes of other Zelda games. Mm. And it's like, uh, you don't do that. Like, that's not Nintendo. Like That said, though, I kind of want to get a Wii U to finally play Wind Waker. Wind Waker oh, is, apparently Wind Waker is great. That's my favorite Zelda game. I agree. Really? Top three yeah. game of all time. Wind Waker is really yeah. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Wind Waker is right. amazing. And it's so good on the Wii yeah. U as well. Okay. Yeah. Because I, I, like, I know it seems ridiculous having a massive you know, screen in your hand. But when you play a Zelda game where you have to bring up all your items, it's awesome. Have a map. Mm, There's no yeah. like, you know, you have you can have the HUD there, but you can also just, it's it's great. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, so we we, 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 uh, we definitely took a little, a little... We took a detail there, but we were on number five. Rocket but it's a League. podcast, baby. It is a podcast, baby. <laughs> it's shit, Simmons 242. Uh, <laughs> three Anglo yeah, dudes. Dude, Simmons <laughs> 242 is going to hate this. You hate two Anglo dudes. Wait till uh, bloody three of them say uh, when they talk Jesus. over one another. All right. Uh, number four. Mm-hmm. Um, again, quite a recent game when this list came out. Sure. Fallout 4. 14 votes. Fallout 4 voters. came four. How funny. So... I have not played a single Fallout game, and it, I just I just know it's either. I, I mean, like I know it's just one of those games that you just have to be a single dude to play, <laughs> and just or, or someone who, who you know has is, is it's perfectly fine for them to stay up all night playing a video game for fourteen hours. That's in a, a really row. good point. Number one, never listen to anybody who loves Fallout one or two because <laughs> they're like a million years old and whatever. They're like third person, top down. Yeah, I yeah. I, I used to be. Perfectly fine with Oh yeah good night uh, See you later I'm just going to stay up For maybe another, like, Half an hour longer No big deal See you in the morning Nine hours later F- I can't do that anymore That's just not part Of, of my life anymore But so. I will say Like look here's, a, here's an opinion to steal Fallout 3 is like A near perfect game Like the way you guys Talk about um, uh, Mario 64 mm-hmm. Fallout 3 And it's sort of Sequel slash Contemporary Fallout New Vegas Are incredible games Giant you Giant uh, video games that start to like um, deliver on the promise of being able to actually do anything sure. in a game, and it's pretty amazing that they can do. Now, that. who I know Bethesda did Fallout Three. Who was the different company that uh, New Vegas, which is what a lot of people say is still oh, the best? Funnily enough, Nintendo. <laughs> It was like Bethesda Studios, like it was another offshoot. Or was no, it was it was another company. I can't remember who, but I mean they did really admirable job. So Fallout Four's come out. But when did those games come out for so like just to to, to, to stamp yeah. the next day? Because I mean Fallout Three was it's like two thousand and seven. It was like halfway through the last console generation. And Fa- New Vegas was I think oh eight, I think, and I think what well, yeah, and I, at the time they that was like. Holy shit! This is like a real, realized world, like for that standard for that year. Mm. And look, I played through both of those games. Love both of them. Yeah, I've played a bit of Fallout Four, and it seems too similar. It seems like it's stuck in the standards that were acceptable six to seven years ago. And if it came out six to seven years ago, 
it would be like, oh my God, this game's so big. I can't believe all these communities are living and walking around, but you're playing it. Fallout 3 was 2008, Fallout New Vegas 2010. And I think, and I mean, Levin's makes a good point. It's like, surely a game should be able to be played in short bursts as well. You know, I'm, I'm perfectly okay with this just not being a game that is not for me. No, but I guess my point is it's like, wouldn't it be nice if like, like I I feel like the greatest games are the games where you can sort of start to get a glimpse of their awesomeness in small births. And you're like, I'm going to have to make a date with you. You're describing a game that we gave number number one spot to. We can talk. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds. And they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. About that That's a good point. <laughs> Which... I have sitting on my shelf and I still need to play. But anyway, we'll get there. Let's figure out Fallout 4 a bit more because I'm, I have a very, like, as a huge, big gamer fan, as someone who this year I kind of made a, a deal with myself. Like, I want to explore a lot of AAA titles just because I usually didn't shun them a lot. I love I was, that deal so much, man. I mean, I'm in on that. That's yeah, amazing. Yeah, I was like, no, let's just have some AAA stuff this year. Like, I, I, I you know, I, I love my, uh, my Coen Brothers film, but I also love seeing, you know, the next Fast and Furious film. <laughs> I was like, I'm just doing Fast and Furious this year. I'm just straight up leaning back with The Rock and my friends Paul Walker and all the gang. And we're just going to see, <laughs> we're just going to see what's going on and who we're, who, who we're saving the world from. And Fallout 4, the, the marketing machine was in full swing. It was, it was everywhere. on every single bus in Sydney. And what was shocking, every bus stop, everything. But what was mm. shocking was they announced it in June and it came out four months later. Like that, it's to me. Really cool. It was Well, it wasn't because the game was horrible. And I, I know that everyone's going to like start yelling at their, pod, uh, their, their, their iPhone or whatever right now. But man, that game was, like I said, it was released in 2008 and 2009, 2010, like those other two. They would be great, but it is just such a broken. So, like, when I play a game, I don't think about the mechanics or the code that went into designing something that's happening before my eyes. But while I'm playing it, I can see that I'll go to, like, for example, I'll go to a settler and they'll be like, oh, there's raiders that attack my yard right here. And then they show me whereabouts and it's 900 kilometers on the other side of the map. And it's like, well, that's a bit of code where they've used the wrong bit of line there. They should have said it's not attacking their yard. Like just tiny things like that. Mm-hmm. And it's it's just, I don't know. It, it, yes, it's expansive, I guess. It's big, but 
man, it's just it, I'm constantly removed from it. Not only because it's buggy as hell, um, it runs horribly on PlayStation Four. I find after coming off a lot of AAA titles, which this is year. weird because PS Four is quite a powerful machine. Well, it's just not a well-made game. Yeah, like, and a lot of the community. What do I find interesting? A lot of the Fallout heads, or I don't know what you call them, the uh, the vault, the vault tech vault heads, dwellers, yeah, vault dwellers. They say, no, 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 just wait a couple of months because um, a lot of people will start making mods like fans. I'm like, fans shouldn't have to make mods of mm. a game to play it. Like, it should be a, a singular vision. It's like, here is my game, enjoy it. But then there is also something nice to be said about a game that is such an awesome playground that captures people's imagination that then it lives on with other people's input, if that makes sense. I don't know. I, quite like, I mean, that's what happened with Doom, yeah. if you remember. But and I why, like, first-person shooters really took sure. off. When are but they going to make the Simpsons Mario... Fallout 4? But that would, did you ever play... There was a game <laughs> called Simpsons, Simpsons Hit and Run. Yeah, yeah of course, GameCube. yeah. On GameCube. Like, yeah. That was... And PS2, yeah. And it, that, like, I mean... Up until then, I was like, there's no way that you can make a Simpsons game that worked. I mean, we've I tried with that. It was a fucking super cool game. Incredible, yeah, yeah. but felt like you're in the Simpsons world. Yeah. But still felt cool. Um, but remember, I guess not maybe as good that as Simpsons a lot about Doom me. 2. Simpsons Doom 2 was sick. Simpsons what? Did you ever play the Simpsons Doom mod? Yeah, I did. No, my God. No, that was the first mod I ever played. It had like Simpsons like... characters on the spikes and stuff. And... Well, no, and then like the final boss was, was uh, like, Mr. you know, was, was no, I remember Groundskeeper Willie, whenever he took, oh, wasn't one of the final right. bosses, but he was like one of the bosses. And whenever he took his shirt off, he, he was like, and it would like fire, fire at you. It was mad. Yeah, I, remember See, that. I think I was too busy playing the illegal porno mod called Immoral <laughs> Combat, in which you were an ejaculating penis. Oh, baby. I, rem- I don't remember that, but I'm starting to wish I did. No, look at it. I mean, it, it exists. It is a thing. It was insane. So maybe the the, the expansive thing, and I, I, I love that community aspect of people jumping and doing stuff, but I think that also says a lot about what I look for in a game, and it's the same reason why I dismissed Mario Maker in this. It's like, I'm playing a game because someone said, I've made this game for you to play. I, I like I, I'm not a game maker, and nor do I think like some kid in a college is like I. I know it sounds really fascist and old fashioned. No, no, I get it. You man. need to go to fucking game school and learn how to make games. Like not everyone, not everyone can make a game. There like, have been a few fan made levels of Mario Maker that I've loved. There's but, been some great ones, like, sure. Yeah, but not, not, But then I'll play like I've been I've been replaying um, uh, Super Mario World lately. Because um, well, it's the best platformer of all time. Yeah, and and, and no I'm, hyperbole. It's like and because Yoshi's in it, and the only games I can play when my son is awake are games with Yoshi in it because <laughs> he fucking loves Yoshi so much. Who doesn't? Uh, <laughs> um, but I yeah. love I love the idea of being a dad now because you just play games with him. Yeah, and Dude, it's suitably he's socially acceptable. And he's better at you, right? He's better at no, games than you are. He right? can't play shit, man. He's <laughs> fucking crap. Yeah, but give right. him a couple of years. He's um, crap. <laughs> shit he, uh, son. he is wow. so. Obsessed with a game that unfortunately didn't make the list. I thought it was a really beautiful platformer, incredible to look at, and really, really fun. Willy World? Um, Yoshi's Woolly World. Which you did vote for. I voted for. I unfortunately want just one point. Pretty piss weak effort when I, <laughs> when I hear that four four points is all it takes to get one vote, one a game in there. That's a good point. Um, but but um, yeah, who would have known? That's the thing. Yeah, I don't know, man. I've got to go back to Fallout. I was just so disappointed. Like, I'd say, and I, I've spoken to a lot of people who love the franchise and even bought a new console just to play this new one. And I was like, that's your first game on this new console. Like, it looks horrible. It runs horrible. There's, like, 80 seconds loading time from you walking in, walking down a street to, like, a bodega on the side of the road. I just, like, I don't know. I think my standards have changed a lot, given, uh, you know, new new tech, new power. And I just felt like they were probably resting on too many laurels of it being a Fallout game, the developers. and like, no, no, it's okay. But don't worry about it. There's, But the trade-off to me, I was like, you know what? That's not really acceptable now in 2015. Like, 
I had to. I lost about four hours of gameplay. My character became completely invisible and stuck somewhere because <laughs> there's no auto save. And I don't know. Maybe I sound like a pleb for saying this, but like every hundred meters you walk in the game, you're expected to save your game, and it's just fucked me up. And I was stuck on this lift on a bridge, and I can't tell you where it was. I forget. Also, because the fog was terrible, I could not see ahead. But I just kept dropping every time I played, and I had to go back to like a level. And I was just like. I shouldn't have to do this. Like it, it, to me, it was very obvious that it's a game, and I never once got into the storyline because of the restraints of, I guess, like I said earlier, the coding and stuff. It kept reminding me that I was just playing a game that's been built by somebody, and it's very breakable. And I didn't find that attractive, especially for a game that's advertised on buses. Like my um, housemate, Tech Guru Steve, for uh, the longtime listeners, he was like. What are you playing? I'm like Fallout. He's like, oh, I thought it was a platformer like Mario because that little blonde head guy everywhere. I'm like, yeah, the marketing is kind of weird. Like, you have to be a Fallout fan, I think, to really get into the world. And there's a lot of Fallout fans. Yeah, I did the PAX in Paris Games Week earlier this year, and most of the people doing cosplay were all pit boys. Were all, yeah, were all Fallout characters that I didn't recognize. Yeah, <laughs> it's interesting. I got, maybe it's just I believe all I their get. characters were virgins. <laughs> <laughs> well, Burn. also a little thing I have. It's been 200 years since the world was destroyed by whatever. Why is there fucking rubbish everywhere still? And why are there... Like, it's still so dirty. It looks like two weeks after a nuclear explosion. I was like, 200 years? Everything's a fucking shantytown if that. I'm like, come on, guys. Like, I don't know. That's just weird. But also, like, people... I don't know. A lot of... It just... It it didn't know for me. It didn't feel like a great first-person shooter. It was pretty terrible at first-person shooting. And didn't feel like a great RPG either. It seemed like mm. too much compromise between the two. And it was just, yeah. Yeah, I just, I have a really complex relationship with it. I tried to love it. And I think I pumped like 50, 60 hours into it. But I'm just like, Fuck. I'm not. Yeah, just to try it. And you shouldn't have to do that with a game, I think. No, totally. No. It's like trying to read a book that you've heard's mm. great. And you've finished, you're up to the like yeah. ninth last chapter. And you're like, oh, I don't know if I like it. But at least mm. I can talk about it with people. Yeah, and I definitely. work with a guy who's a big fan. And he's even said, he's like, all I play is Fallout games, so this is like, I just need this. And I'm like, but do you play it? Do you know what else is out there? Like, I'm like, this to me is such a step down to a lot of contemporary games. Have you games heard right of now. Parappa the Rapper too? <laughs> yeah, allow me to parap you for one second. <laughs> but it's just, it's, it's interesting. I think it's like a real game for fanatics, but I think it's a very hard jumping on point for a casual gamer. And that's fine. I don't think every game has to hold your hand or be like, hey, uh, you know, check us out. Like, sometimes you do have to follow this saga. But you're not a character from the other ones, right? Just a whole new thing as someone who's played three and... Well, yeah. So, I mean, they're all set in the same universe, but they tell different stories. So, uh, Fallout 3 is set in... Like um, Law and Order. Is set in Washington. (laughs) New Vegas, obviously, set in Nevada. Yeah. And this one's set in Boston. Mm. And it's kind of like Las Vegas is really interesting. Yeah. Washington's really interesting. What the fuck does anyone know about in Boston? Why do they pick Boston? It's like there's all these places. It's like... I mean, Vampire Weekend are going to love it because they went to college <laughs> there. But other than that, it's just like... If you don't make video games for Vampire Weekend, who do you make video <laughs> games for? Yeah. I mean, look, some of it looked nice. And there were some moments I got some poignant moments of like just traversing through mm. land. But then I'd realize my dog would be stuck and like stuck in a house and moving in and out rapidly. And I'd be like, 
oh yeah, I'm playing a game again. Like there was just, it was never, the illusion never once swept over me. It was always very evident that I was playing a pretty broken, unfinished product and I just think that was a pretty shitty experience. Yeah, so you describing that makes me so happy that I was playing Yoshi's Woolly World at the same <laughs> well, time. Well, because that's probably a perfectly made, like, yeah, like bug-free experience. Bug-free, yeah, and it's just like, yeah. Yeah, and so, the, you know, it was all part of my AAA experience. My AAA year, I will call the, uh, the, the novel next year, or maybe my new favorite podcast of 2016. <laughs> but yeah, I just... And I, I put it on Gumtree within two hours of uh, two days of playing it. I've never done that before. Well, and I mean, it didn't work very well because it's still on your shelf. Well, it's still sitting here right here because people were like, "Oh, I'll take it for this much." I was like, "No, dude, like, I, you know, it's still pretty new." Like, come on. That's what I do love the PS4 economy. You can buy a game new for like, and if you get it on sale, you get mm. it for like sixty-five bucks. Totally. You finish it within a couple of weeks. Ninety. You can sell it for sixty bucks. Yeah, it's you great. You can spend. It's it's incredible. Like. It won't last as mm. people get more used to buying things digitally. Yeah. But at the moment, hot tip, buy PS4 games like at re- like as soon as they get released. Clock that shit. Find, play them, sell them, and you won't spend a cent. You're going to be just having like this one fund, which is your new game title fund. I can't sell games that I played. Like, I, I can sell shit I hold, ones. I hold on to all of them. I saw shit ones. I have a, I'm like a, again, I don't want to make a Nazi reference, but I've like rewritten my past and I only have the ones that make me look like I'm really good. You know, I don't, I only burn some of the books. <laughs> Fair enough. Okay. Um, can I talk about Yoshi's Woolly World really quickly? Yeah, yeah please, and, of course. And, and, and like, because Yoshi's Woolly World was just outside the top 10. Was it really? I think, I think it might've got more than one vote. I think it got a second vote for someone else. Yeah, I right. think um, Dasselow voted for it. Um, yeah, I, I uh, shout to Dasselow. Shout out to Dasselow and his borderline unlistenable podcast, Filthy Casuals. But also the extremely unlistenable one that you mentioned, which you were... Uh, you're back in the car? Yeah, it's great. Um, what uh, is so this? I'm so curious. I'll play it to you one day. Uh, <laughs> on my deathbed? Yeah. You'll be like, this is what it was. And um, then I'll die. We recorded two episodes. The second episode is 90 seconds long. It's on my phone right next to you. Man, that's some hot content. <laughs> um, Yoshi's Blue World, I get... It's, you know, it's not the most exciting premise of a game. It's a, you know, fairly slow, classic platformer that looks like a incredible, you know, woolen landscape. But, and it's like, it's, it's like literally you could not think of a more polar opposite to Fallout 4. Mm. <clears throat> but, I mean, I, it was my year of playing, of sharing, trying to share video games with my son who turns two in January. And it was just the most perfect entry point to a video game for him. He points to the Wii U remote and he says, Shishi, because that's what Yoshi is to him. And, and, and Amiibo support meant that like you scanned in another, you scanned the, this, you know, cute fluffy little toy onto the, onto the Wiimote. And then it, you know, you had another Yoshi in there. And, and so he just, I don't know, it was just a really crazy experience. And I, and I, look, I do wonder if I would have loved it as much as I did, were I not, if I was not a dad, but I don't know if you are listening and you are a dad with children that are of age of about to play video games, Yoshi's Woolly World and having a Wii U in general, like it couldn't be a better, a better way to, to introduce your kid to games. It's a great gateway console, isn't it? Yeah. Because it, yeah, it, you know, it, it plays the video game on the little screen as well as on the television. Yeah. It's like, oh, this is different to television. This is a video you game. You send me shots of him playing. It's like, he's playing the game. He sits down and he plays it. I mean, all, he, all he can do is like move left and right or jump repeatedly but he knows that he's making that thing he's on the in screen control. move around which is so fucking cool mm. and similarly i i, I really got in like, like the toys to life thing like i'm now after seeing force awakens i now want to get um uh the disney, disney infinity, infinity. Yeah, um, because i heard that the star wars stuff and that is amazing but i played so much i've 100 percent i got um 
like the platinum trophy, which I've never gotten on PS4. Oh wow! For for, for Lego Dimensions, um, Christ. Uh, and I paid, spent so much money playing it, but I I loved every moment of it. I love Lego, um, and I, and again, it was a really fun game to play with Archie because. I could go like, okay, we need to play with Batman now, and he'd get Batman out of the box and put Batman on the on the little playset thing, and then Batman would appear on screen and lose his mind because Batman was on screen, and then I was kicking shit up as Batman, and yeah, I don't know. It was just like, it's really simple. It's not there's no difficulty to a Lego game at all. It's just like just pure. You're just playing a fun cartoon. Yeah, I don't Amazing. know. Yeah, family games, guys, get on board. <laughs> oh, mama. Um. So. That brings us to the top three. I just thought I should say a couple of things. So, 65 people in Virtual Boys. Uh, we, 25 people of those people voted. Um, there were 22 games nominated, which uh, makes it quite an interesting spread. Um, we get to number three, and this was my favorite game of the year, which is uh, Bloodborne. It had 17 votes, six voters, which is quite interesting because that means it had the Max, most people yeah. voting it as their number one game of the year. Yeah. It was a real gamer's game, wasn't it? And I imagine if it wasn't just on PS4, if it was on PC and if it was on Xbox One, it potentially could have taken out the title. Yeah. No, I, I think I agree with you there. Um, I played it for a while, but I, I look, I sound like a real real, uh, real, real so-and-so here. It was just really fucking hard and I got so stressed playing it. I understand that was the design of the Don't game. Right. You, you, it's, it's really fitting that you're say, saying this after I just spoke about how, how much I love LEGO Dimensions. <laughs> <laughs> But I, I could see why it was a great game. That was a superbly made game. It was so punishing. It reminded me of Castlevania on NES, what I, which I used to play, and just missing jumps and having to go back way back to the start. And just yeah, see, playing all those Castlevania games now, yeah. but using the virtual console <laughs> Save point. restore points and, yeah. and never having that problem. But so, yeah, it was just. But the thing is, like, it's nothing like that, and it gives you nothing. I love it. You're thrown into this world, and it's so strange and so weird, and like. It's like a ballet, like you have to learn enemies' attack moves, which I guess is kind of old-fashioned in a sense where you know the animations are going to be, they'll strike this way, they'll strike that, and you have to learn how to step back in time. Like it's, it's pretty amazing that a game like that is, can exist now and, 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 it, and, it, and it's pulled off so well, but it just wasn't for me, which makes, might, might make me sound really bad, but I can still appreciate that that was a really well-made game. No, fair enough. Yeah. But what about you? Tell me about your Bloodborne experience. I know you got super deep on it. It'll take me a little... Do you mind if I tell you why I think this game is the greatest game? No, no please. Because Who was if, it from if, software? If Alex Vitlin from New Albion was uh, with us as well, he'd, he'd say exactly the same yeah. thing. We so. had a similar experience. But look, as I said, I, th- I think I said a little bit earlier... On an unrelated this, note, I have to go to the bathroom. <laughs> <laughs> um, as I said a bit earlier in this podcast, I've been someone who's like read... Probably reads more about video sure. games than I do actually play. And so, you know, a couple of years ago, in fact, quite a few years ago... In the you know the earlier console generation, I didn't have a PS3. I had an sure. Xbox 360. Dark Souls. But, but, well, even before that, I uh, read uh, there was a video game magazine from the UK I really liked called Games TM. Yeah, yeah. It felt like a more sort of like mature, you know, yeah. like I feel like a lot of games media feels like they have to make heaps of jokes. Yeah, almost like they're a bit embarrassed about liking you're games. Like, Ooh, get you buying a game magazine, but don't worry, we, we know it too. It's yeah, do you know yeah, what I mean? I do. Yeah, and it's like they were not like that. It's anyway. rare to find like an honest. Yeah, like I, I think 
I think Polygon sometimes is honest. Like they're quite good. They don't try to be jokey. Like it's yeah. like they respect the reader or kill screen or something. It's kind of like, you know, those things. I think, yeah, I think they legitimately treat it as a great art. Yeah. And um, so they rarely gave 10 out of 10s. They gave a 10 out of 10 to the first Metro Prime. Wow. They gave okay. a 10 out of 10 to Grand Theft Auto 4. Sure. I both think games they can deserve that, I think. I think they, both games yeah. are worthy. Yeah, and they gave they gave a few more. But generally, they were very rare of them. And anyway, so they gave a 10 out of 10 to this game called Demon's Souls. Demon, sorry, that's what I meant when I said that's the original in the series. And here's the thing about Demon's Souls. It was essentially a budget game, came out of a studio no one expected anything from, from, from Software. software. And who's the creative lead? The guy who made Oh, Black it's Black like Hideo Miyazaki. It's another Hideo, yeah, that's yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. And so I, I was so Hideo intrigued Miyazaki? by this. Is it Miyazaki maybe? No, no, that's the guy from uh whatever Miguel. Oh, it could be. No, I think it's me I think that's why I got that's how I found out yeah. about them once. I was like, who's this other Miyazaki? Mm. So anyway, so basically I was so intrigued by this. I was like, I was totally blown away by the idea of this game. Comes out of nowhere. No one had previewed it. No one yeah. had talked about it. It was a Japanese game, but they were dressed in suits of armor. Who published it? It was uh, Bandai. That's and right, Bandai, Bandai, who produced cheap games. Namco Bandai. And it was like very Elizabethan. Yeah. Like, that's it what was I was so weird. And I was so intrigued by this. But this was before the era where you could just jump on YouTube and watch sure, a game being played. Sure, sure, sure. So... I was like, I was really, but I didn't have a PS3, didn't have the money to buy one. Wait, I was, was like, it PS2 okay. or PS3? It was a PS3 game. PS3. It was one of the first PS3. It was, it was in the early sure, parts. Sure. So then Dark Souls came out. I bought it. Mm. I found it too difficult. I on was Xbox. like, yeah, because the first Dark Souls on Xbox 360, because straight away, you are uh, like the whole, the interface looks really cheap. Yeah. You know, the character models aren't very good. It's like a and 90s 2D platformer, except just realized in 3D. And that's not necessarily a bad thing, but. The standards of today's games are like, here's a 10-minute cutscene explaining everything and here's a tutorial level. And it doesn't no, give you any of that. Not. You're just thrown straight in there. And, and you're straight like, away they give you a big boss and I found it too hard and I put it away. It sounds then, like my Bloodborne experience. Yeah. Well, then last year though, last year I was determined to do this. I was like, I bought like Dark Souls 2 yeah. and it became my favorite game last year. Sure. And last year was a weird, don't get me wrong. It's like first year of the PS4 uh, Xbox yeah. One so there were no good games yeah. the final era of those other consoles so it didn't quite work you got a lot of swan songs though coming out maybe of those final consoles but I spent maybe like 80 hours on that game and what's amazing about From Software Games it's the same thing everybody tells you but it's true is that they teach you how to play it so every other game generally it's just kind of like ah uh, like we'll we'll lead you through we give you heaps of checkpoints yeah. we just want you to get to the end of the game sure whereas From Software Games Games, they say no like these games are fair but you have to make it through like we're not going to help you to get through this game yeah if you if you get to a like a, a obstacle the only way that you're going to get through this is you so dark souls 2 blew me away absolutely that whole idea of the idea like it's a very difficult game but it teaches you to be better at it so by the end of the game you're a master it's very japanese without sounding like culturally insensitive but it's very much like learn from your mistakes and quite a harsh teacher it's you must you know what i mean there's a there's a regime there but 
the rewards are very obvious. And I mean, the other thing, it's like, I, like I said before, I really do like to treat games like books. Sure. So what I love about Dark Souls 2 was that they, they slowly fed out parts of the story, but you never really understood it. And even at the end, when you finished it, you had to go online and read everybody else's opinions and get to this point and have so, and you just kept out having more and more aha moments. Or the items as well, right? Like, like every item you mm. have in your inventory has a huge mm. history and you can be like, oh, wow, that explains kind of what I do. It's, it's so strange the way I distribute it. It's so secretive and so... So here's the yeah. thing. So Bloodborne 2, Bloodborne comes out yeah. and it's like fucking Kid A to OK Computer. Yeah. <laughs> It's like basically from that's the second. Most, that's the most shag way. Just like you describing comparing whatever it was you compared to Weezer albums. Yeah, was the most Angus way to just, to compare anything to anything. Majora's Mask to <laughs> Ocarina. Actually, no, no, you're not. No, actually, Radiohead is certainly not the first band I think of when I think of you. I take but, it back. But look, I am one well, of those people. If you were like, it like, <laughs> was whatever. If that was the. Second Ockerville River album to the <laughs> third Ockerville River no, look, you're, you're album. Dude, they really dropped off <laughs> recently. But OK Computer and Kid A, everyone He's gets like it. released a movie. It's like, what are you doing, Will? Just write another great song. Um, wow. But anyway, so Bloodborne comes out and it's like they basically troll everybody who loves these games. Because sure. one of the things about these games are so difficult, but as long as you've got your shield, you can step back and fight these monsters. No shield. Because the whole point is, so no they no took shield. away the shield. The only shield they have in the game is so weak you can't use it. It's a joke. And they bring in a second, um, they bring in this whole idea of muskets. Yes. Which basically your shield in a way I found out after playing it for a long time. Well, if you shoot something, like you can't use it to shoot to pick kill. people off. No. But you can use it to uh, stall time to stall them and yeah. counter them. But okay. That's what I mean. It was like but a ballet. You'd have to learn shoot. You'd have mm. to learn their movements, step back, swipe. Like it got very chess-like mm. almost. But look, and all of that stuff's really cool. And for yeah. someone who loves video games, all of that stuff's really interesting. But yeah. what makes Bloodborne the greatest game of the year was the story. And it really? blew me away. I, I'm not giving away too much, but I have okay, to no, say this. We can say because, spoilers. This because is... I feel like a lot of people don't appreciate this. Like, when you see Bloodborne, mm. it looks like a sort of gothic, HP Lovecrafty yeah. sort of game. It's actually, once you start playing... It's a sci-fi game. Really? I'm not going to say any more. Are you kidding me? But once you realize... No, no, it's spoil it for us. I'm a dad it. and he's a pussy. We're never going to play it. No, 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 no. But I actually don't because it's like... Together I we feel are pussy like dad. I really want... I really want... Like what makes it amazing is when you discover... Sorry, a how good would a band called Dad Pussy be? Fuck. <laughs> I'd be love very dad confused pussy. by that name. <laughs> I'd love some dad pussy. Oh, um, they really fell off lately though I always kind of wanted somebody to make I want, always wanted an Australian rapper To write a song about being married But that's sexy called Shepherd's Pie oh, <laughs> fuck. That's, fuck That's so good um, That's a legitimate thing I've always wanted But I mean, If Curse is listening right now yeah. I mean, Step up to the plate <laughs> But look I, I kind of it, it's so much what makes these games so amazing. It's like, I could tell you the story and it sounds kind of cool, but when you slowly so unravel know, it for yourself, I it'll no blow you it's away. Sci-fi. It's the last thing because it looked like this, it looked like Tim Burton's masturbatory wet dream. Like everything's London and dark and raining and wet and kind of like, you know, alien, uh, not alien, sorry, but like huge, disgusting creatures. And yeah. And that's what they do. It's like, that's what From Software do. They, com- they, they follow their own instincts. They keep... Flipping mm. your expectations, mm. and it's why in two years it's kind of like my beautiful dark twisted fantasy in Yeezus. Yeah. It's like I feel embarrassed, but my That's game a of two thousand, yeah. my two, <laughs> my game of two thousand fourteen and my game of two thousand fifteen are like definitely 
uh, both from software games. Yeah, wow, that's huge. Look, I, I like I said, I couldn't finish it because uh, I, I was just feeling belittled playing it, but I, th- I thought it was fantastic, and I would feel like punching the air when I got through an area. Mm. But it was so like. But I a lo- game should make you feel that, and games don't make you feel like that. We've forgotten. We've been we've been dropped off. You know, we've gotten lazy. We've gotten soft. You know, basically, as game develop- as uh, game players, we have gotten soft. I think I remember the distinct moment when that happened to me. And it was Mario 3D Land on 3DS where they had this new rule where if you died three times, you got an invincible suit to finish the level. And I was like, no, nah, that's... Yeah, that sucks. That's, that's I mean, yeah, like, why even... But I, I loved that, though. It was, like, taunting I you. No, I oh, don't. No, I never used oh, it. But no, it was no. like, it was like, no, fuck you, I'm not going to use your but suit. But I just think it should <laughs> be an option. It should be like, yeah, I don't know. Although, so 3D, what was the... The th- the Wii U one, three D world. So I turned, I stopped playing that when I, I finished the game, mm. and then you got to a bonus level, and the, yeah, well, there's this right, one the, yeah. stupid bonus level that I hated so much and I couldn't finish. Sure, <clears throat> and I just kept getting that ding ding, and it was like you know, That's hey, get this power up, get this power up, you, you you'll become an invincible squirrel. I've got to do the Levin's uh, urination. <laughs> that's, what we, that's what we call it here, um, and uh, and I I was just like, no, I'm not going to do that. And I turned the fucking thing off. And then for whatever reason, like a year and a half later, I, I, I put it in like a month ago and I was like, I'm just going to get the power up. And I finished the level and then it unlocked all the rest of the levels. And I played this, you know, recent Mario game that I, I played like, you know, 20 new Mario levels. And that's a really great game. That's, that's a, that, that you, you would really like that on Wii U as well. Mm. The Wii U is so underrated. It's fucked. I hate being this, this like champion of this uh, I don't think like I, I I guess as someone who consumes a lot of media I don't think it's necessarily underrated I think everybody understands the Wii U I feel like most people are in the same position I am where they're like we kind of want to buy it and you probably make a good point you know it's not that much of an investment for all the hours of enjoyment you'll get out of yeah. it yeah but it just feels like a bad call when there are only oh, no, so totally few games you. and you don't... And I can't see Nintendo supporting it for that much longer. Yeah, but when they officially announce the NX, it'll drop down to like a hundred bucks. Yeah. Please fucking buy one. Yeah, definitely. Because there's a... Like, so th- there are some of Nintendo's best hits on the Wii U. Hit after hit. <laughs> yeah, like, I mean, they, they haven't made that many games overall, but what they have actually put out until recently, they've, uh, they've put out some solid fucking turds lately. Just launch titles were a bit of a <laughs> calamity. Um, so what's number two? Yeah, so we get to number two and number one this are obviously... Confused. Yeah, this is where I These confused. two are the biggest games of the year. I know um, what one of them is. I completely forget what, 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 what the other mm. All right, well, look, um, both of these games, number two and number one, both have the same amount of votes. Okay, so Angus and I both, both voted for Metal Gear, so we'll talk about that last. Mm-hmm. Yeah. As did, I think a lot, like Vitlin, I think it was his game of the year. Is everyone that fucking played it's game of the year? Yeah. Well, it's Vit- actually not. Bloodborne had more games of the year than uh, okay, Metal right. Gear Solid Five did. Oh, oh, that's yeah. interesting. So the PS, because that's interesting, because one was on every console. Yeah, one was just PS Four. That's why I'm that's trying to tell you. It's like once this game gets you in its grasp. But right, anyway, we get it, bro. We'll move Bloodborne. on. We'll move on. <laughs> um, so number two, and the like I said, the let reason me know when they release Dadborn. <laughs> <laughs> the reason why I split Pussy up Dadborn. this, <laughs> the reason why I split up this voting system is so if more people voted for something, even if it had the same points, sure. I gave it to them. Gotcha, baby. So uh, with 28 votes, but only 13 voters, was number two, The Witcher 3. Uh, sure. Oh, cares? of course. Of course, The Witcher 3, of course. <laughs> the Witcher 3 was a great game. I can attest to that. I would, I would probably sooner play Bloodborne than I would Witcher 3. The Witcher 3... I would too. I would too. Seems like the sort of game for people who are seriously interested in joining a fencing team. 
It was like I don't want to look like a kid by playing Zelda, so I'm playing The Witcher Three because there's tits in it. Like that's <laughs> and that's as someone who loves the Zelda franchise, and I have not played any of the other Witcher entries. But coming to it, it was Zelda with big fat titties, and you could go. <laughs> it was Zelda mixed with like the the hot coffee code from GTA San Andreas. Basically, you could go around. Banging. That is a very <laughs> excellent analogy. It was, it was like Zelda. What coffee. Witcher Three is? <laughs> Fuck, that's great. It was seriously. It was Zelda with hot coffee. You could go and bang any. Like there was several chicks you could have sex with in it. And the sequences were like full on, like, oh, I'm just right. And you'd see, like, but you were this old guy with long white hair. Yeah. You were like every hippie in Byron Bay. He looks like were, Julian Assange. Yeah, exactly. yeah. <laughs> he looks like, like that's Julian the one Assange. thing I could keep thinking while I was playing it. <laughs> I was like, this guy's wiki leaking and yeah. I'm hot coughing. Like, can it you was just a game do, of- like Angus? Can you just do a stand-up set about The Witcher Three? I would love to do because all of your like burns of it are gold, but they're not burns; they're compliments. It's like, <laughs> no, no, no. It's true. You were Julian Assange, and like. It was it was great. Like it looked beautiful. It, again, it joined for me the ranks of Arkham Knight when I was playing it. That oh, this is what a next gen game looks like. Zero loading between an expansive map that you could travel between. Uh, very rich. Like it, to me, it should have had the functionality and the gameplay that should have existed in Fallout Four. Like it was not broken by any means. It looked great. Villagers remembered you. Like they would have similar conversations. Where to me, it's like every time I start up Fallout Four, I know a new village or whatever is just regenerated and it's a completely different person it, it was it was it was great but also i hadn't played any of the other ones so i didn't feel a huge emotional connection to it so i know a lot of it was like oh this person's gonna be here oh we haven't seen them for years and that was just immediately lost on me so it was not a i think a great pick up and play like it did basically rely on you owning two other consoles to get the whole picture Mm. which i think you know it's fine sometimes but again much like my argument for fallout 4 i think you should be able to pick up a game from the get-go and just kind of have a have a great great play yeah i'm sound like a complete fucking asshole here but when i think of people that say that they're real gamers i would say their top three games of the year are fallout 4 bloodborne and the witcher 3 Ooh, huge and that's not necessarily doesn't make any of those games bad I've, I don't know, I, for whatever reason, like I just I see those games and I go, oh, they're not for me. See, one thing I love about Bloodborne, i got to say, and it's the reason why I love uh, Metal Gear Solid, you can tell it's this singular vision by this game designer. Japanese game designer. Again, but I feel Very rude by not knowing his name. I feel terrible. I should have had it up just so I can say it. Anyway, you guys can Google it, but I love that. It's unfathomable. It's just like, this is my vision. You're going to play it. And it's idiosyncratic because of that. And I love that. I maybe that's maybe Bloodborne like, can... doesn't belong in there. No, but, I think but... Bloodborne does well, belong no, in there. No, guys, like, please. You were being very polite. But I, I don't think, think it does, though. I think what's amazing about Bloodborne is it defies expectations. Like, I, I want to give you just a tiny little sneak peek. So, basically, no, tell you, start, all, yeah. you start as something called a hunter in this town called Old Yarnum. Where Wait, that's everybody's after, addicted. Is the town made of yarn? Is <laughs> <laughs> well, no, a dinosaur in it? No, because it's because it's like because what makes what makes these from software games amazing is that they're a Japanese studio trying to make Western games. So everything's just a bit crazy. It's kind of like Kings of Convenience. It's kind of like, like our number Kings one. Of, it's game. like Erlandoy can like write amazing. English lyrics because English is in his first language. Another fucking perfect shag analogy. Yeah, but <laughs> it's like it's like what kind of makes it amazing is it's like they're trying to be a Western game. Yeah. But by using their Japanese sensibilities, they kind of take what's wrong about Western games and turn them into like positives. Baby, you've just described our number one game of the year. Which which we yeah, which is amazing because <laughs> both of you voted it. But um, I think what's kind of amazing is yeah, it's like you think you know what Bloodborne's about. Yeah, but once you realise that, oh yeah, I you've got it. You've basically 
HP Lovecraft meets sci-fi. It'll blow you the away. Sci-fi things blow me away. I had no but idea. But let's let's move on. Let's move on to the game of the year because oh, yeah. both of you voted it in your as your number one game. A lot of, of people. Year. Who I Thank didn't you so much to the host of this podcast, Jack. <laughs> no, but, <laughs> but a lot of people didn't who I didn't expect voted this as their number one. Like Jack, well, me, did. dude, me. You? Like I mean, like I don't. I've never connected with. A Metal Gear game in the past, sure, and I've never connected with a stealth game in the past. I hate like that's like my least favorite thing about video games, but for whatever fucking reason, this just the, this absurdity of of everything about it. I immediately was like, I need to get into the, as much into this game as like, possible. Everything about this game is made like it's it's history and the creator's fallout from his company is like it such was a, a new, great story. But it was a New Yorker article. Like when the it was a new art, new New Yorker article for the game recently with the Games of the Year awards. The fact it didn't show up. A journalist was in Japan, like an American journalist was covering why Kojima wasn't there. And I was like, it was a three-page story. And I was like, since when do the New Yorker give a fuck about games? Like, this means something. Not that that should be a barometer for what games are great, but just everything about this game. Like, but just it was, that it narrative. was a game for everyone. Yeah. Like, I would happily sit down and play this with my dad. Yeah. And be like, so this is what I'm doing. Explain what I'm doing. But it looked like, going, great. Going it, off what I was saying earlier, like... Yeah, it's it's a massive game that you can sit down and play for fourteen hours. But the genius was the row. mission thing. But I can go like fuck. I have half an hour before the rest of my life fucks me in the butt. We'll do a side mission. So I'll just do this like little side mission and have a great time doing it. And you know where that's adopted from? So the the what a lot of people say this is the true sequel to is uh, Metal Gear Solid Peace Walker on the PSP and Kojima. Normally his games were quite on rails, not not as in like it moved for you when you shot, but there was a very particular path you had to follow. And for Peace Walker, he's like, and this is pretty smart. Like he kind of foreshadowed, I guess, the app generation. And it's very mission, like the whole game is mission based. You pick which missions you go on. You pick like where you go, you do the mission, then you come back home. Uh, and that was like 2008, 2009. And so this follows that same pattern. And it's like, he was like, oh, people are going to be playing this on trains and buses or whatever. There's no, They don't need a long storyline with big cinematic cuts. So they got rid of the cutscenes, much like they did in this game, which, I mean, Metal Gear's cutscenes kind of define Metal Gear. Yeah, I remember one of our really good friends, Nathan Maraza. Yeah. Um, he... He used to like you know when, when we were we mates we went to high school together. Mm. So he used to always I, I I knew about Metal Gear games because of him just describing the absurdity of them and 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 well again he, it's he would that Western. It'd be like yeah, last night I finished the the most recent Metal Four. Gear game and I played it for fifteen minutes, then watched a two hour cutscene, and that's Metal Gear Solid. Yeah, that used to be what we wanted in video games. But yeah, right. like this is a guy I think who listens to what. People want. I know that everything from the game. Like, there is no loading. It is so fun. You have a companion. It looks amazing. It's still. I still think the best looking game. I think on it a wins game of the year just purely off one thing that no other game offered. And what's that? Fultoning. Oh, Fultoning <laughs> is. And you feel the Fulton when you cook. So Fultoning in the game best. is you hook a weather bull. So basically, the genius of this game is you have a base called Mother Base, and it's not. You don't have to... It's not a... Um, it's not as... I'm trying to think of a, a, a word that's not rude, but it's not as shambolic as uh, Fallout 4's build your own town thing. Like, Mother Base actually adds to the game, whereas Fallout 4 are quite well, transparent. Mother, saying, Mother Base builds itself. You tell it what you want to build, and it will just... You don't have to, like, place things there. It just does it. 
but and it, and it and it helps you out. So while you're out doing missions, you kidnap enemies, and so basically the plot is the thing is every time you if you don't kill an enemy, you can strap on a fort into them. Your jet will pick them up, take them back to mother base, and they're part of you. You've indoctrined them in your big boss regime now, and that, then you can assign them based on what they're good at, whether it's medical, science, weaponry, and then you build yourself a better base, and then. Because of that, they build you better weapons and stuff. That does seem like a bit of micromanaging, though. Oh, but it's you don't have to do not it. Not really. You can just ignore not, it. You put it on yeah, auto. Gotcha. You go, as long as you just keep Fultoning the bad guys. And you said it's auto, and it does it for you. Yeah, yeah you that's to, like, awesome. Auto mode, and it will just scroll through and be but, like, "This guy's great at medical. This guy's good at that." But finally, for me, it was like, "Here is a reason to be better at stealth." Yeah, because that's cool. in like an Uncharted game where it's like you can do, you can be stealth at this, and <laughs> or friend, you can just like go in there shooting like an my idiot. My friend, I broke it down the other day. Like, like Nathan Drake is a war criminal, basically. Like, <laughs> <laughs> he goes into sacred sites and just kills an Anglo people. war criminal. Anglo war criminal, man. I'd hate to hear his podcast. Simmons, <laughs> the, what do you think of Uncharted? The poisoning is just like right, and then I don't know the game itself, like. It handled the what I loved about it. You could listen to the backstory if you wanted to, unlike the previous Metal Gear Solid games where it was like, literally for Metal Gear Solid 4, here's a 17-minute cutscene. Like, fuck, that's a big investment. This one was, you know what, while you're playing the game, we've given you a Walkman because it's set in the 80s. Oh, the soundtrack, I'll get to in a moment. Fuck. But the soundtrack was amazing. Like, you could set... Oh, man. You, it's, so like, you, it's a Japanese game designer's love letter to American action movies. Yeah. Wow. So you can pick your, like... The soundtrack is like you you have a chopper and you can fly in with no music or you can set it to Joy Division's Love Will Tear Us Apart or Friday I'm In Love by The Cure or like uh, Girls on Film. Like it's, it's, it's crazy and it's not only that, but you can play that while you're playing, but you can also listen to the backstory and it's recorded conversations and you can play the game on a top base level without knowing any of the plot. Still have a great time or you can play the game and play these other tapes and kind of get the backstory like... I think that was the genius about it. it. Was like it understood micro gaming and like people with short amounts of time. And, and also best of all, you're on a horse in the desert for Fuck. a lot of the game. And what does that remind me of? Zelda, baby. No, uh, Red Dead Redemption. Oh, Red Dead Redemption. No, it reminded me of the Garuda Temple and, in Zelda. and Zelda. Totally. Yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah. yeah, like like some some of like that two of my all time gaming highs in my life. And I thought the big risk was after all these years replacing David Hayter with Kiefer Sutherland, but man. He did a great job. Kifu fucking murdered older Snake. Like but he's an older Snake. We've never seen this like forty-year-old, fifty-year-old version of Snake. And oh man, it's great. Now, you can't hear it at home, but I'm looking at Shag's face as we <laughs> mentioned how great Fultoning is. I don't think he's sold. So no, I'm actually genuinely sold. I mean, can, I know you can upgrade it. So you first you can just like Fulton dudes. Then you can like Fulton. <laughs> you can Fulton animals. Tanks. Like, yeah. The other day, I like I had like five minutes. I just went into the open world. Like shot no loading. ten trank darts at a bear, and then Fultoned it back to my base. And you can I, run now. I have a an bear animal on my sanctuary base. back on your base, and that gives you revenue because it, it goes into detail. Yeah. It's an NPO, like a um, RSPCA type thing, and you're pr- protect. You can capture every animal. You can play this game basically as Pokemon if you want to, <laughs> and do nothing else, and still get something out of it. See, I think Levin's, I think you misdiagnosed my face. It's like, as we've mentioned before, I'm an adult who likes video games. Oh, so I- I've got every video game I want to play at my home. I just haven't played them. Yeah. And now I feel guilty, because it's like, now I'm listening to the passion you guys talk about this game. It was just, and it's like, why haven't I played this game yet? Look, normally because you, you know how big a developer, of an investment it is. You're like, I, I, like, you're busy. But also, you well, hear you know. about a developer who's been fired from his company... <laughs> whose name's been removed and you just go, well, this is going to be a shit experience. 
It's like and the I company loved... makes nothing but bullshit. Now. Oh, they make the only thing they make is uh, Pro Evo <laughs> so- uh, Pro Evo soca- Soccer, sorry, and um, Pachinko, and that's it's it. Apparently caught up. Like I'm not a sports fan, but apparently caught up with FIFA this year. Apparently, this was the People year. People are very. Everyone's very like Pro Evo finally did it. No, that I asked a lot of my um, FIFA heads, and they're like, "Yeah, they caught up." <laughs> FIFA heads. Yeah, this one's to you, FIFA heads. Oh, P.S. The new song on Pusha T's record called FIFA is amazing. <laughs> is it actually about <laughs> FIFA? It's so good. No, it's like we push. No, we kick around the drug money like feet. You know, it's all about cocaine, but he uses cocaine? some sort of soccer metaphor. There. Even though Dude, a- how fucking good is that album? It's yeah. really good. Because I, re- I really didn't like Pusha T's last really album. Oh my God, he does this bit where he's like, there's a bit on this so- on this record where, and I yeah, I love the fact that everybody's influenced by basically like Kanye and Drake and how much they love their mums. But he has this point where he's like, it's so dumb if you're a rapper and you have $1,000 sneakers and your mum's living in a squalor. And then he names his mum. He's like, Mildred's in the Bahamas. She's probably in her pajamas eating lunch. And then he just goes, swordfish. <laughs> Like that's the lunch she's eating. Yeah, because it isn't really like like that. It's amazing. It's like the greatest rap line of the year. But I think Pusha yeah. T. I, I, I love him. Let's talk about Pusha T. Um, Pusha I, I, rules. I think he's like always been such a great rapper in that he is just someone that just exists on a song. He's yeah. not necessarily like the main driving force behind a hit song. So yeah. I didn't like his last album because it was like him trying to be on these big okay, kind yeah. of like beats that would normally be reserved for Rick Ross or Drake so or good. Wayne. Like, numbers on the board was an amazing track. Oh, that's, uh, I mean, that whereas like, so this this album is like oh numbers, numbers on the on boards the board. is great. Yeah, here's all of the best producers in the world. Yeah. Trying to make numbers on mm. the boards. That's yeah. a really good point. Some of those fucking beats, they're all every every beat is weird and off kilter mm. and like this is what he needs. And, and he now just, he's president of good music. Is he really? Well, yeah. he makes a point of that on Untouchable, where I'm it's sure like he does. he's like president of good music has been announced. He was two hundred and fifty grand month. a year, and that don't bounce. Yeah, it's like, but it's like what is he? He's president of good music. I don't know. He's Pusha T. That's great. Yeah. Fucking clips the best ever. Yeah, and uh, Pusha yeah. T rules. I'm I'm really really ready to love Pusha T now as much as I love the clips that's albums because so th- this new album is fucking good. Oh, but man. don't you feel like Pusha's quite lovable? Like yeah. he just seems like he'd be a good dude. Even that shitty song he did this year, like the Skrillex remix that he was on. Uh, I just I avoid any. Dance we don't, we don't work at we don't work at Triple J, so no, we don't no. have to listen to that every no, day. No, no, no. <laughs> I only know but it. You know what I mean? Like if, if because it's on the Entourage movie out. trailer. <laughs> it's on the Entourage, of course. <laughs> Remember that, that one? one? No, I do He's know like, that one. Yeah, yeah. My apologies to Triple J. I take it all back. Yeah. It was my fault that I heard that song. It's Entourage, baby. <laughs> <laughs> and the video was kind of great. I was like, oh, Pusha kills it. Um, I don't know. Hideo Kishida, the Pusha T yeah. of video games. Good point. Great seg. Great seg. We should wrap this episode no, but it was great. up. We got but to, like, we got to, look, if we're going to talk about Game of the Year, Metal Gear Solid, well, for Virtual Boys, it might not be your Game of the Year, but it, we cannot not mention the fact that his extended holiday finished, uh, according to Konami, on December 16, and merely 15, year, 15 minutes after that happened, Sony made a huge announcement saying, we now are you know, funding and looking after Kojima Productions, and I think that's... A fucking fairy tale. And I can't wait for 20 years to be over so we can play his next game. (laughs) Well, they've got one coming out next year. Really? Yeah. Yeah. But the only bad thing is, guys, Konami have the rights to Metal Gear Solid. But I think this game, like having, I mean, like obviously this is me coming from like someone that's, you know, have barely dipped my toe into like the last few Metal Gear games. Speaking to the guy who has like, still bought a Vita just so I can play it while I'm in (laughs) Japan next, like next month. But like, Metal Gear Solid Five feels like a celebration of everything that's come before it and a farewell. That's true. It's so true. 
Um, I haven't finished it. Uh, you couldn't be talking to two people that are more polar opposites when it comes to playing Metal Gear so Solid 5. 30, 40 hours in Metal Gear Solid wow. 5. Like, I'm probably, I'm pushing 10. <laughs> but, I, but I mean, that's still a testament of how yeah, much yeah. you liked it that you, after 10 hours you gave it that. Oh, and I, that's kind of what I was trying to say before where it's like, I think it's really great when a game that requires that much investment reveals itself quite quickly. Like, I, like, had, I think that's a real, that's very difficult for a game to it's do. It's very difficult, but it's also not like here's everything in the kitchen sink at once. Like it still mm. did it quite, not yeah, hand-holdy, no, but... It got to the point where I had friends were watching me play it, and I'd be like, "Oh, sorry, that this is really rude." And they're like, "No, no, can you keep playing it?" Or oh, they'd be like, "Absolutely, man." They'd be like, "Oh, can you tell me what happened with this?" Ca-? Like, there's, there's a there's a certain romance in it, and you're just like, "Man, that could be my favorite video game romance I've ever seen." Yeah, like I'm not a casual gamer by choice. I am just by like profession now, accidentally. Uh, by design. <laughs> by design. Yeah, and but like it was ju- it was like. I don't know, it's very rare that you get handed a triple A game with a massive, you know, eighty plus hour single player Minimum. mode. Yeah. That that allows you to just kind of play it at your very own slow, minimal pace and, and still get heaps out of it. Like I'll I'll finish a half hour mission and then just think about it for the rest of the week and then hopefully I get to play it again soon. The moment I remembered where it became a the game of the year for me was when I, I think I've said it before on HeyFam when we went, I went to my father, uh, my parents uh, for Father's Day and I selfishly took, it was, I left the Saturday, like two days after Force Friday, just to put it in HeyFam uh, perspective and Real I packed hey my hours. PS4 and I was like, look, oh, I've got this new Metal Gear game. I really want to play it while I'm down here. Father's Day is Sunday, but I'm heading down Friday. And we were playing it from 7 p.m. Saturday to 4 a.m. Sunday morning and wow. not realizing, I thought it was about an hour had passed and I was like, that's so weird. I'm really hungry again. I'm like, that's we just ate dinner an hour ago, and I remember looking at my watch, going, "It's four a." I haven't, See, I haven't, I haven't done that since. Uh, I've done that since Goldeneye. Or since G- Zelda. No, GTA um, San Andreas. Same. Like I every, have not had every that. night for like a month. It would suddenly be five a.m. Like fuck, not again. <laughs> I've not had that for years, and it made me go. I fucking still love video games, and that is so good. Like, yeah, I, absolutely, I, I yeah. love video games. Like, this is great. Like, and like to be that corny guy wrapping up an episode all about the best video games of the year. <laughs> it was a fucking good year for video games. Oh, it was yeah. an incredible. Year. Could I say one? There was just one thing I wanted to say about one sure. of the games, and that's all we have time for. Thanks so much, for <laughs> Shag. <laughs> Do you hear Shag's thought? That download. actually would be a pretty baller move if you ended it right here. Why don't you send it right? Download here? Uh, right moving cool. on next year no, please, with uh, your course. host Thomas Shag McMullen, and you'll find out exactly. <laughs> His final thoughts. No, what was it? Hit us. No, legitimately, because I, um, uh, I, uh, the game I voted number two was a game called Everybody's Gone to the Rapture. It's barely a game. True. Yeah. You essentially just walk around and a story gets revealed to you. And one of the things I realized while I was playing this game was how much it sucks that people wouldn't get to experience it because so many people think, oh, video games aren't for me. And I really feel like when people talk about this year being a great year for video games, I don't think it's just we've created great video games. I feel like this year, video games became an incredible art of their own right, an incredible yeah, storytelling true. medium of their own right. I think it was accepted properly by larger you know, people who may have shunned them earlier. And I feel like from now, like I genuinely feel like my mission in life is to get people more interested in video games because I feel like they've become... As good as, you know, when television took the step forward to become something amazing. Sure, the golden age. When movies became something more than just 
trains coming at you in the yeah. cinema. Though they like, were pretty good. That was pretty they exciting. Were pretty Don't get me wrong. <laughs> that was a good movie, guys. Um, Lumiere Brothers really fucking killed it with that train coming at you. I was a really big fan. But yeah, my dudes, thank you so much for having me. I enjoyed oh, your incredibly wide range of references. Who the fuck would know everything from uh, like Wilson from fucking Home Improvement? To all of the video games you talk about. Well, the newest Push T record. Yeah, and the newest Push T record. It's incredible. We've got to hey say, Fram, though. Hey Fram requires a lot from their audience. We've got to oh, say, though, um, <laughs> the new Push T album title, maybe lose one of the semicolons. No, <laughs> because it's a, like he it's has one. another record coming out next year. This is like the. He was like. But isn't the next one King the Push? Way just, no, yeah. It's the next record's called King Push. He's like, I wrote all these. I have all these songs that I like. So this isn't even the record. Apparently, a, there's a f- great record coming. This is his prelude to it. That's why we love King Push. I think King Push was the video game of 2015. (laughs) A huge shout out to uh, that tiny cross section of uh, Hey Fam listeners that listened all the way to the end of this episode. I love that. Yeah, I I feel like we have like a a pretty good audience, but uh, every now and then we like we'll throw throw them a curveball. But you know what? Gaming is kind of like a secular thing, but also you know, hopefully this might. Inspire you to go out and you know pick up a game again. Like it, it, it ain't your granddad's video games anymore. It's very true. And seriously, what is my granddad's video games? I don't know. Like, if like if World War Two. Where dad, dad pussy then? <laughs> World War Two is way funnier than masturbating. <laughs> <laughs> Genesis no. <laughs> Metal Gear Solid Three. Oh yeah, sure. It's in the fifties. <laughs> yeah, perfect. Sixties. Yeah. Um, thanks so much to Shag uh, for, oh, huge. for coming in. It was finally awesome. what a massive episode on. too. Almost, uh, almost did steal Saunders' numbers tonight. No one cried though. No one cried. I'm about to. <laughs> um, where can we find was. you online and uh, in the world? Nowhere. All right, fair enough. I'm a mystery. I don't really That's have it on my presence. No, like you I do didn't too, have it. don't you? I kind of don't. Um, you can catch me on uh, FBI. I do a show with uh, my friend Sweetie um, on Friday afternoons between 3 and 6. Um, and I think that's kind of about it, really. What's your Insta, bro? Oh, my Instagram is, uh, I think generally I'm like, to, uh, on Instagram I'm Tom slash Shag McMullen. Great. And on, on Twitter I'm Tom McMullen. Easy. Perfect. Easy peasy. Angus can be found at Chimichangas and I am Levdog, L-E-V-D-A-W-G. Just look for us. Come on. If you've gotten this far through the episodes, you may as well follow us by now. We're Just tag me when you like release it on radio. We will. We'll tag you. So like, We'll put it on radio. Like, That's right. Who is that cool guy? Can um, follow me. And yep. uh, you can find HeyFam at uh, facebook.com slash HeyFamPodcasts. If you made it this far, just leave a review going, I've made it this far. Yeah, yeah. Head on to our iTunes. No, you know what? We're going to be doing a live show in a couple of months again. Just leave some more entourage pictures. I mean, if you haven't heard the live <laughs> episode yet, we're going to be doing the second How episode. about this? How about this? Instead of um, doing episode pitches for entourage in our iTunes reviews, which is what we've done in the past, yeah. I want you now to pitch the entourage video game. Ugh. That's that's the new theme. Is that Kojima Productions first? Yeah, yeah. First Kojima th- Productions' very first video game of 2019. <laughs> uh, entourage, entourage, the video game. So the please, Vinny Simulator. So please pitch. Guys, I really need to start this. Okay, your drama... And you have to make the perfect breakfast for Vince <laughs> after his movie yeah. has just been knocked back yeah. by its creditors the night before. And do you have to make the breakfast that gets him out of bed Do in you the go morning. east? Do you go west? <laughs> do you go north? It's like, let, where do you take it, guys? Does Vinny do the movie? Hit X if Vinny does the movie. Hit circle if Vinny does not do the movie. <laughs> hit, hit but D- like, what I think is amazing is it would always just work out in the end. Yeah. So however you play the game, everything's fine. By Guys, the end of your play I got through. the movie. <laughs> Sounds like Underage to me. Perfect. Um, uh, thanks so much Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. Celebrate Christmas. What about those who don't? 
What should uh, they have? Well, I'll be in Japan with them. <laughs> Atlanta, Japan. Shit! <laughs> Atlanta, Japan, uh, 25th of December. Atlanta, Atlanta Japan? Atlanta, Japan. Oh, Atlanta. Atlanta. Japan. I like uh, world's biggest airport. Did you know that? Atlanta, Georgia. Most, been uh, there. Great airport. I've been there. It's a great airport. But most people per day. Uh, horrible fact to end the podcast on. Great one, though, I think. <laughs> I thought so. I'm dropping mic. <laughs> See you, fam. Hey, 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 hey. hey, fam. This is Tommy Dasilo. My favourite game of 2015 was smacking that MF like button uh, to show that I'm a real one. My second favourite game of 2015 was Splatoon on the Wii U uh, because I thought it was a really cool new mechanic. It's one of the few things that I've actually enjoyed playing online and I'm a big Nintendo fanboy so it's cool to see them come out with a new fun uh, property. Okay, Happy New Year everyone. Hey, it's Jen Fricker, your good friend. Um, my favourite game of 2015 is Star Wars Battlefront. Um, I guess because it was the least frustrating game I played this year. The new Batman game I gave up on, on the last level because it was really annoying. Uh, I gave up on Fallout because all I did was build a fence for two hours out of junk and clear all the branches off the roads. And then I like stopped myself and was like, oh, what am I doing with my life? But Battlefront's amazing. Um, I think just because the, the graphics are sick, the sound design is sick, uh, it feels like Star Wars, like it feels like you're actually in Star Wars. The fighter squadron level is incredible. And it's like the first multiplayer online thing I've played where I haven't felt deeply unsafe. Like no 12-year-olds have threatened to rape me, which is nice. Or called me a faggot. So... Anyway, Merry Christmas. <laughs> hey fam, this is Alex Tullett, and my top game for 2015 is The Legend of Zelda Majora's Mask 3D for the Nintendo 3DS. Despite the fact that it's a remake, I still spent more time playing it than any other game this year that wasn't Gwent. Uh, Majora's Mask is just about one of the most artistically confident and brilliantly executed games of all time. It's got atmosphere up the wazoo, uh, but ultimately everything in the game just feels great in your hands to do. Uh, rolling up into a spiky ball as Goron Link, swimming around as Zora Link. Uh, I could probably talk for hours about all the tiny things I love about the game. Uh, and the remake just tightens all of the loose flaws of the original, and the new engine makes it look even more beautiful. Hey, I'm Jonathan Valenzuela, and my game of the year would have to be Wasteland 2 because I'm a massive fan of the OG Fallout games 1 and 2, and it's really been awesome to just jump back into an isometric RPG again, especially one that's post-apocalyptic, because I'm a sucker for anything that happens in a wasteland. I uh, would definitely recommend it. I sunk 120 hours into it without blinking an eye. They've just released the director's cut, so it's all upgraded and nice and fancy now. Give it a play. Hey, podcast listeners. Mr. Sydney here, a.k.a. Raph Lauren, a.k.a. Yves Saint Laurent. Uh, my favourite game of the year for 2015. What a year it's been for gaming. Um, personally, my favourite game of the year was skateboarding. Hey, it's Henry Stone from the Blank Slate Podcast. 2016 is nearly upon us. It's not just movies, though. I love games, too. My favourite of 2015? Well, I'll tell it to you. But before that, just let me say, Hey, Molly Meldrum, happy birthday. He's a funny bloke, and he wears a cool hat. With him, I'd like to joke and pet a cat. 
go on a holiday, watch some TV, talk about Countdown, suck him off. Yes, please. He's the host with the most, a real tastemaker. Threesome with Molly and Chet Faker. He's so wise, so clever, and pretty styling. I could learn off him how to be so styling. Then I'd suck him, fuck him, and drink down his goo. I'd like his hot, stinky load to shake hands with my poo. I want to go on a sex holiday with him to Thailand or Croatia. Get peed on and tied up, maybe in Jamaica. Molly Meldrum, I wouldn't put up a fight. My game of the year was Batman Arkham Knight. Hey guys, I've uh, just taken myself to the uh, Sydney's High Court, uh, just walking through the streets, and I've run into none other than Louis McCurdy, big um, big member of the Hay family, and uh, he couldn't make it on tonight's show. Uh, we're discussing what our favourite games were of the year, but luckily enough, I um, found him here. And what are you doing here? Yeah, I'd uh, actually come here in my spare time and try and snag um, profile photos of high-profile criminals and, and, and sell I- them to, like different tabloid magazines like Woman's Day or OK or New Idea. Uh, I've even sold photos to like Seven, Today, Tonight, 60 Minutes. So do you hate courtroom artists? Oh, no, the sketches are beautiful. Like, think about it. They burn through a good quality sketch in like next to no time. They, They could make a lot of money being a street artist. They should stand out here with me. I mean, I know for legal reasons uh, they're painting these in in court situations, but it almost seems like what you're doing on the outside is getting that immediate snap. Is it an insult to their art? Is it a compliment to their art? I mean, what do you think? How do you how do you feel? Well, with their art, because there's a bad guy on the stand, you kind of know before there's a um, result if they're right or wrong, like good or bad, or you know guilty or not. So they kind of like either put in like baldness or like double chins or forehead wrinkles if they're a bad dude and if they're not they kind of like give them nice straight white teeth i just get the raw photo i just get the real them i guess they're you know they're giving an impression it's almost like a newspaper caricature of a politician but what you're getting is cold hard truth and that's all I, that's all i'm in it for hi this justice I mean, system baby yeah and that's why i want to tell you about my favorite game of 2015 because i only speak the truth and there's only one true winner in my eyes, and that is MGS oh. V T P P Metal Gear Solid hey, Five. Who made that game? Oh, Hideo Kojima. I didn't know who he was before, but now I know everything about him, as well as knowing everything about everybody in every Metal Gear Solid ever invented, because the lore of that game is badass, and the the game itself was just. Just terrific. Now, this is the first uh, game of that series you ever played, wasn't it? Yes. And it's not like I missed out because the tape system in there was very, very informative. I used to, like, get all the tapes on YouTube in a playlist (laughs) and just drive around in my car. And my phone bill, because the the, the YouTube's uh, HD recordings off PlayStation, I'd be watching like half-hour YouTube's full K on my phone. And so I was getting like hundreds of dollars racked up on my bill. And I didn't even mind because it was all for the tapes, baby. Even though you've already paid for them in the game. The game was good too. Yeah. Uh, Excellent gameplay. Yeah, what was your favourite stuff about the game? Um, Oh... The, well, the zero loading, like oh. once you're in Afghanistan or Africa, I really liked that there were um, child rebel soldiers. I liked that you got a... Um, there was a good element of, like, real gritty reality with, mm. um, you know, being a human, but there was also that, like, uh, spiritual element. And there was also heavy, heavy 
symbolism with the oh, phantom pain. The time, the amount of times I heard phantom pain, it, they were hitting you over a head with a with a with a ham fist. Of how how obvious that it's, symbolism was. It's like because uh, so many people were playing it, they wanted everyone to get it. No one, they didn't want anyone missing out on the subtext. Well, what's funny? I got a bit of a phantom pain now just because that game's done and dusted in my life. Like I feel that pain. Yeah, what do you reckon's next for Hideo? I'm looking forward to oh. the new studio. Like, Ooh, what, 20, 2016 best game of the year? 2017 best Done. game of the year? Like, uh, commendable mentions to uh, Arkham Knight. Yeah, that was real game. good. Big ups to um, my other favourite game of the year, which was a 3DS release, Majora's Mask, the Zelda one. But nothing came anywhere near as exciting as um, being Snake. I've never been Snake before. <laughs> thing you and i got pretty deep didn't we like we got really into it like finding youtube compilations of Kaz's speeches yeah there's a scene in it where um venom snake big boss goes into uh, the development area on the on the oil rig or whatever it is they're working on and who's that weasel man oh yeah 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 yeah, emmerich um he's working on some shit and there's just like a glance at a mug that they're drinking (laughs) out of it's like it says i love or we love diamond dogs or whatever and I was just like I've got to get that mug so I went online found it you can find anything online you can find phone cases that are the iDroid you can find fake arms you can find um, posters saying we are watching you from like the back half of the mother base base. there's a lot of great merch and I'm putting it into my day to day life I can't wait to get a complete set with you look I'm about to go to Japan in a few days and the first thing I'm doing is going straight to an optometrist there to try and find some Kaz gear or some Ocelot gear eyewear the first thing I want is for one of my close companions to die so I can have their ashes turned into diamonds so I can sew those diamonds into my patch on my shoulder so we can be diamond dogs forever we're diamond dogs. Louis, look, I, uh, I can see the judge and the, uh, the innocent family walking out now. I might leave you to it. Thank I think you, there's bro. some good pap snaps coming. Yeah. Cheers, man. So dumb. <laughs> Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to PrettyLitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. 
Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with code PROGRAM for a four-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's stamps.com. Code program.